Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marlin. I am Connor Okura. Auburn fans, um, <laughs> if, if I predict that someone is starting at quarterback for you, um, just assume that they're going to transfer because oh, as we found out about an hour before we came on, officially Joey Gatewood is going to be transferring from Auburn. Now things can change. We don't expect them to because Gus Malzana said he's going to enter the transfer portal. He wants to be a starting quarterback. The Auburn backup starting quarterback is now the second quarterback who I predicted would win the starting job um, and then transfer before the end of the season, joining Malik Willis in that exclusive club. Are they down to that, like, 28-year-old, Cade Cole? Cord Sandberg. Cord. We saw him on the sideline. (laughs) Southpaw, slinging it. Looked good. Looked ready. Cord Sandberg. That sounds like both of those names sound like something you would see like a basic white girl put up on a vision board be like who what should we name our kid braylon brendan cade cord or sandberg and be like yeah we got it both of those it's good it sounds it, it almost sounds like uh you know how christian cavallari has the uncommon james it almost yeah. sounds like a name of a boutique clothing store right. that you could find in nashville yeah it's, that's a really good point um joey gatewood though is uh, expected to be leaving auburn that doesn't necessarily come as a massive shock considering what his role was in this most recent game. And the fact that Gus Malzahn came out after the after the, the LSU game and said, look, like we're, we're pretty much going to ride this out. More or less, that is what he said. And that's this obviously my guy. not a direct quote. But Bo Nix is his guy. We have I have complimented him for being decisive about that and saying, look, you need to try, kind of just pick one guy and go with it. One cut and go. Because... If you waffle back and forth this quarterback situation, it could be your undoing this year. I like it when quarterbacks have confidence from their head coach. Bo Nix has not lacked confidence from his head coach, but now his head coach is lacking an additional quarterback heading into a very, very critical stretch for what's going to determine possibly his future at Auburn. Yeah, so and and I agree with you. Like you gotta make you gotta make your decision, you gotta say it with conviction, you gotta you gotta stand behind your decision, all that stuff. But this is this is like a kind of a crappy situation for Gus because we're we're at week week ten right. Auburn has their quarterback. He has done pretty well. He had that first game, and you almost wonder if scoring that late touchdown and having that second half against Oregon has been more of a detriment to this team than a positive because he has not really progressed into what we thought over the over the course of the year. And this nope. is not one of those offenses where it's like, well, you know what, we can hide behind the run game. And I know that sounds dumb because they're run first offense and all that kind of stuff, and they have you know all the seniors in the offensive line. But this is not like a Georgia offense where it's like, okay, we can run the ball 40, 50 times a game, but like just just standard eye formation if we want to, and we're going to get this, these results no matter what. You can't really do that with Auburn because the way they run their, their offense, it's based off of the quarterback making decisions in the run game and, and then also, you know, via the pass game as well. Like they're, they're too late into the schedule. Like you can't go play Georgia and Bama with a quarterback controversy or a dual, a dual quarterback system. Yeah, we're going to get to a lot of stuff with this Week 10 preview pod, I promise. But we wanted to hit with with this Auburn stuff early on and just a couple more points on it. You bring up a good point about having only essentially one quarterback that you trust at this point. And the issue now is, I said before, I think Bonex needs to be running the ball more. And if you don't have that safety valve with Joey Gatewood, then yeah, it kind of makes things a little bit awkward. And somebody tweeted out a video, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but they tweeted out, the, what might have been the final straw for Joey Gatewood, and it was a situation in the first quarter where he, Joey Gatewood was running out onto the field. We missed this. Even oh, I saw right this. Right in front of us. No, no, I saw this. So, we, so he's he came running back out. on. 
Yeah, so he's like running out, and it looked like Joey Gatewood was going to go into the game. Kind of typical for what he's done with the red zone packages. And Gus like grabbed him by the arm, and like not grabbed him, but like no, pulled no. him by the arm, pulled him back, right. and said, "Hey, you know, we're we're leaving Bowen for this game." And if you're if you're Joey Gatewood at this point, you see the writing on the wall. You see that you're not going to. There's nothing you can do in practice to win this job. No. That decision has already been made. That time has already passed. I don't blame him for necessarily wanting to move on. I give him credit for what the way that he handled this, for yeah. staying on the team in the beginning of the season when he could have just decided, you know what, I'm going to enter the transfer portal week before the start of the season, see maybe if I can get eligible immediately somewhere else. I don't know how the NCAA handles these things nowadays, but <laughs> why is he why is he quitting now? Some might ask because. Yeah. Why get? Why maybe get hurt at the end of the season, ruin his value, get a little bit out ahead of the whole recruiting cycle, and kind of decide, all right, I'm going to put myself out there, do the Kelly Bryant thing. I know he's not preserving a year of eligibility, right. so it's different in that regard. But just put your name out there and just kind of see what the market's like because yeah. you want to be a starting quarterback, and next year's going to be year three for him. It's about time he needs to be able to do that. Kick over Gus's Harley on the way out of town and key his door to his transit without a doubt. You know, it's, it's, and I, I will say this, like I joke around about hedging all the time, maybe this is hedging in in the response to Gus good for Gus for sticking to his guns in a year that it's like you know you you are under I mean you're under a microscope in in like how everyone is looking at you and and like you your job is on the line which seems like it's always on the line at Auburn for whatever reason you know hats up to him I do remember this play happening by the way because this is this was like if we're looking at the field it was to our right when he was he was like running in about the 30 30 or 25 yard line maybe or Somewhere around there, because it was like, oh, that was, I mean, it was kind of just an odd thing, because it seemed like it was a situation where, you know, Gate would be going in. But, yeah, you're you're also right. Like, he's not going to do anything that's going to win over the starting job or win him the starting job. And people who think that, sorry, but that's just, that's a no. utopic view. That no. That's just not going to work. I mean, it's just, that doesn't, that's not how you just You know what? You got to keep plugging away, man. You, all these kids want to quit nowadays and these damn millennials. No, like, he's done enough. Like, he, I mean, he's, he's. There's nothing else he can prove, and that's fine. Like sometimes you're just not a good fit in that system, and that seems what we have here. And you know, so, somebody did bring up the point. They're like, "I wish he would have stuck around for the for the the whole year," because leaving at this point is just proving a point. And I can tell you firsthand, as someone that quit mid year, yeah, he's right. Like he is proving a point, or he's making a point by doing this because he's probably pissed. He's. Probably, I mean, like, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's hard to find blame in any side of this. This isn't one of those things. It's like. Who is it? Was it? Who is it? Said oh, the, we quoted the Barrett Salee thing last week when it was like Justin Fields is good for Ohio State. Ohio State is good with Justin Fields. Same with Georgia and Jake Fromm. Not everything has to be an argument. Not everything has to be a controversy. I don't think there's a controversy here. It's like Gus has his guy. Bo Nix is that guy. It's too late in the season, in my opinion, even if he's not putting yep. up results to change anyway. Because we talked about the, the aforementioned schedule anyway. But like, yeah, I mean, go do what's right for you. It, it's but like if I'm if I'm Joey Gatewood. And I have to watch a kid who completes one pass over five yards for an entire 60 minutes of football in a pretty close game. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'll see you later. Yeah, and in the usage, you bring up fields. The usage was like fields, and he feels like maybe, you know what, even if I stay here, my skill set's not necessarily going to be used. And who knows, even if Gus is fired at season's end, then he could be looking for a new offense to find anyway. Yeah, I mean, and also, you know what, if you weren't over in the corner ripping cigs and reading Hustler magazines all the time, (laughs) Gus... Maybe I would have got a fair shot. I don't know. <laughs> we've, we've got a ton to get to. That was the big news, though. Definitely wanted to hit on that at the top. Also, huge news, by the way, in college football. The NCAA gets the ball rolling on players making money off of their likeness. Still a lot to go in that process, but a big, big first step was yeah. taken in that regard. We're going to talk about that. We're, of course, going to talk about 
Florida and Georgia, Georgia, Florida, however you want. Jeez, the, they hate the Florida, each other. <laughs> if you're the Florida Twitter account, you said Georgia, Florida, which might not have been the best idea, but whatever. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. We've got an interview coming up later with Matt Stinchcomb. He's going to join us uh, a little bit later talking about uh, this great matchup, maybe share some memories about what it's what it was like to play in it as well. And we're, of course, we got our week 10 picks, we got over-unders, and then a little Halloween stuff to end the episode. We got some Halloween fun with 4th and Wrong as well. But before we do all of that, Marler, Texas Pete, go. Boom! Guys, I don't know what you're handing out tomorrow night for Halloween. Maybe it's a Reese's, maybe it's, I don't know, a Snickers, the fun size Snickers, which is, that's a ploy for just, just trying to help you gain weight. Like, oh, they're not that big, I can have three of them. No, wrong, guys. Regardless... As long as you're not handing out, I don't know, apples or floss, you're probably doing pretty well. But if you want to be the MVP of the cul-de-sac this Halloween, why don't you start handing out some Texas Pete, okay? There we go. I wouldn't put it on candy, but I also wouldn't not put it on candy. I'll, I'll Hot say that. they can do that. Yeah, you know, you know, that's the biggest thing about Halloween is everyone always thinks like, oh, I'm going to watch scary movies and i got to go to a haunted house. Let me tell you something right now. If I'm paying $40 for a haunted house, somebody better kill me. I'm going to throw that out there right now, okay? It's got to be a real scary haunted house. I don't want to. I don't want to play it otherwise. But well, you, you want to literally be dead if yeah, you're going to pay forty bucks. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So otherwise, you're put a hit out on yourself. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody better come through in the clutch. Um, no, what I'm saying is, if if you, it's this giant mis misconception uh, from the candy companies. Be like, we own Halloween, and you have to give out all these candies and blah blah. blah. No, you don't. Okay, who's to say little kid walks by, he's dressed up as Iron Man, you don't drop a little a little fried chicken leg in there from from uh, from Publix. Okay, go, go go to Publix, get yourself an eight pack of fried chicken. They're already made, they're delicious. Keep two or three pieces for yourself. Then drop a little thigh or a wing in some kid's little little pillow sack and give him some Texas Pete as well. Because you know that's what makes everything great. Okay, it's not candy. It's not a scary costume. It's Texas Pete. So hot girl summer is over. Hot girl fall in full effect. If you want to be the MVP of Halloween, give out some Texas Pete. Okay, okay. I'm going to scare Marley, the Pete out of myself. Marlon, you just got a house. I definitely picture, you know how adults, they have the big they have the big bowl of candy yeah. next to their door to hand out to trick-or-treaters. You just have a rotisserie yeah. chicken right there. It's just, it's just me just sitting the in the front, on the front porch in like an Adirondack chair with Casey next to me, just ripping, just bites of fried chicken, just grease all over me. Yeah, that's all. If I could find a giant Texas Pete inflatable, because that's the thing, you don't need it just for Halloween or Christmas. You have that year-round, man. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go, kid. You get a thigh. <laughs> I'll, yeah, that would just that would be weird. A grading system. I'll tell you what. I just I'll say this. The last thing I'll say about Texas Pete and Halloween is Texas Pete is so scary good. I think I just peed my pants. Boom. Moving on. Let's let's move on from that. <laughs> the NCAA. In case you missed it. In oh, case you man. somehow missed what everybody was tweeting about on Tuesday. The NCAA. I, I say I preface this by saying they got the ball rolling on players being allowed to make money off their image and likeness. There was some mis, misinformation going around that oh this is official and this is this is happening. No, this, no, the process has begun. They voted unanimously to essentially have conversations to open up the guidelines to allow for this. Now, what essentially that means <laughs> is that they are figuring out these policies because they're they're like we can criticize the NCAA and, and you know they they earn a lot of criticism, no doubt about it. But they need to put the policies in place to be able to say, all right, we can't make sh- we can't have this necessarily just be the wild wild west. Yeah, there's recruiting that goes into this, and you can't just have duffel bag duffel bag boosters dropping off wads of cash. They're going to try 
and have some sort of More regulation to how they go about this. More than they already do. Yes, there's going to be a very, a very um, all-encompassing set yeah. of guidelines to make sure that nobody's taking advantage of this. So everybody that's saying, "Oh, it's pay for play. It's going to ruin yeah. college football," like, chill, just, just calm down. Just, yeah, everything's going to be okay. Take a deep breath, man. Like, yeah. I, oh, it's you know, you're right. Go on. They're hoping to have this in place by January of 2021. That would be that would be great. That'd be great because obviously it's long overdue. It's a capitalist world that the NCAA lives in, even though it denies it. No, no, no. And it's now, a capitalist world. That, yes, that's the best way to say it. Say that again. It's a capitalist world that the NCAA lives in, but they deny it. Right. So now, and then there are people who said, "Oh, well, I'll let you. I'll let you after I after I say this. I'll let you go to town." Yeah. There thank are people you. who said, "Oh, well, athletes then should be taxed on their scholarships because it's like <sighs> income." Even though that's not exactly how it works, athletes would theoretically be taxed on what they make via, via endorsements or or whatever you know, whatever autographs they sign at the mall or something like that. But taxing them on scholarships probably not something that's going to happen. Just throwing that out there. Or should happen. Is it my turn yeah, now? Do or I take, should happen. Can we take the leash off? Because I got, yeah, I got uh, a lot leash to is say. off, Marley. Okay, so here's Go the down. thing. Here's the thing, and, and I'm very outspoken about this. And uh, let me first start by saying this: We've brought this up in the past, and we've said the NCAA. I, I am a staunch, like staunch opposition to what most of the NCAA does in terms of. I'm very skeptical that the NCAA is ever trying to go out of their way to do good for the actual student athlete. I'm right. not saying they don't provide great opportunities. I'm not saying they don't oversee the fact they have great opportunities. But if I went to a place and I said. I'm gonna. I just got a brand new car, and the state government said, "I just, you know what? I provided you a place to drive your car. Look at me. Congratulations." That doesn't need. We, they don't need to be patted on the back because they feel like, you know what? We gave you guys an opportunity to play college sports. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You've overseen it. You've taken advantage of it for years and years and years. Now, here's what I will say in favor of the NCAA. The NCAA has done a. They they finally done what seemingly is the right thing. This reminds me a little bit of a construction site. Like, we're going to build this brand new big high rise and it's, it's going to be great. The rent's going to be cheap. What always happens on construction projects? They take a lot longer than you ever yep. expect them to. I don't think that the NCAA is necessarily trying to hurry up through this process, but I'm finally going to get to the part where I'm going to defend the NCAA a little bit. This is a very, very complicated issue. This isn't something that's like, hey, they need to be paid. Hey, this is unfair. It needs to be changed right away. It's not going to be an overnight thing. This is a very difficult thing to kind of navigate your way through, especially with the legislation. Everything goes state in place. State of California. It will state of this. yes, but also the thing with recruiting, especially that that is going to be where the most obstacles. It's not just one hurdle or one obstacle. It's a lot of different. We're going to Halloween, man. A little smoke and mirrors, man. Everywhere. It's a fun house of, of not fun. It's going to be tough to go through all that. What I will say is this: the fact this pissed me off so much yesterday. And yesterday, what was the guy's name? His name was Richard Burr, right? Who I'm pretty sure. I thought Alexander Hamilton killed him way back in the day. Is that not right? They have that movie out about electricity right now. <laughs> I, yeah, they? I think you're right. So Richard Burr is a senator from, from North Carolina. Within the hour, okay, this is factual. Within the hour of this news coming down, he responded with, if college athletes are going to make money off their likeness while in school – their scholarships should be treated like income. I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to, quote-unquote, cash in to income taxes. And now here is my problem with that. One, the fact that you did it within the hour. This is a monumental and landmark decision the NCAA has made, and you already – and you're you're a United States senator. You have so much stuff going on. You already have to be like, nope, we got to keep them back down. That makes me so frustrated that it's like, 
you would have this negative opposition right away. The other reason why it makes me mad, and I clapped back at him on Twitter about this, was I said, are you going to show up for that legislation or miss those days like you did on 58 of the 84 Armed Forces Committee hearings that you missed? You cannot be so outspoken about something you probably don't know that much about. This man who wants to tax, I'm so heated, he wants to tax the potential scholarships. Okay, give me like one more minute here, Connor. He wants to tax the potential scholarships of these of these student athletes, okay? This man has one, one reported liability on his financial disclosures as a U.S. senator who's worth up to $3.5 million, and it's a mortgage totaling between $100,000 to $250,000. As a recent homeowner, I cannot begin to tell you how I don't believe that a U.S. senator owns one thing, and it's a house under $250,000. That's all I'll say on that. The last thing I will say about this whole situation, just think about it from this end, whether you're for it or against it, hear me out. These students have been, for the entire time they've been student-athletes, and this this whole process has been in place until they changed it yesterday or voted against it, they have been the only kids on campus who are not able to make money, not just off their own name and likeness, but make money in general. I've told you before, I was allowed to do 12 hours total a week, no more. You can, you can have jobs in restricted areas if you're a student athlete. They're the only kids on campus that are not able to make money off their name. And not only that, they're the only people in our society who are, who are not allowed to do that as well. End of the rant. Go ahead. What did the... What was the ratio on the tweet, the original tweet that oh, he had? It was bad. Richard it was Burke. like, tw- so he had like 5,500 people like, like it, and he had 23,000 comments. Mm, yeah. And he earned but, it too. I, what do you define as, as ratioed? Is it, is, it, is it comments to retweets or comments to likes? That's comments to likes, it, I think. Because you I mean likes okay. are so much easier. But like, if, if you have one True. more comment than likes, and like, listen, again, this is such a complicated issue. This is not just black and white. And I don't mean that in a race thing. I'm saying like, this is not just like a right or wrong, black or white situation. It is so complicated. And, and they are going to have to do a lot of work to figure it out. But yeah. this kind of attitude about it, like, we'll just tax them. No. No. And yeah. I, you you brought the whole thing that. about, like, what's it gonna, what happens if so is What's to keep so-and-so from giving, I think somebody said, what's to keep so Jimmy Rain from, from Auburn, the Yellowwood guy, from paying recruits just right off the bat. Like, well, yeah, he's been doing that. Are we going to pretend that that didn't happen in the past? Like, everyone's done right. it. There's still going to be rules put in place for all of that. Here's, here's the good that can come of this. Yeah. We're we're going to have situations maybe like a little bit like Todd Gurley's where you know you can actually go to go and make money signing autographs. These kids can go and and make five hundred bucks at the local local sporting goods, local Piggly Wiggly, local Win Dixie. I don't care what yeah. kind of grocery store you got in your neck of the woods. You can go down there, go to your local Publix, get you get you some crab legs. No, I'm kidding. James wow. <laughs> we went there. Hand them out on Halloween. No. <laughs> but what what that would basically mean is that those opportunities are are not against them necessarily. Right. Also, everybody's all excited because hey, maybe the college, the EA Sports college football video game is going to come back. Maybe just yeah. maybe. And, and Kirk Herbstreit tweeting about that. A, get the ball rolling. A D two baseball game like from 2006. I'm going to make money, bro. I'm so pumped. No, I'm you're going to make so much. I, money. I do think you will say real quick speaking about the autograph thing and the slippery slope of this is. I don't want to see this be like a Pete Rose type thing, right? I was talking to my buddy Jeff about this, and he he brought this up. Like, you don't want to see mm. it get to a point where 
it's a Pete Rose type thing outside the Hall of Fame where he, they're just sitting up on front campus selling their autograph it's for $10. Pathetic. That w- it's pathetic. Okay, well, I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But no, because, I, yeah. I okay, I, I worked at the Hall of Fame, so yeah. I saw Pete Rose all the time yeah. at the Hall of Fame. That's a different discussion for a different time, watching somebody who literally makes his living by just signing stuff. Yeah. College athletes won't have the time to do that because right. they're still going to have their, their current you know, restrictions yeah. in terms of practice hours, all those things. And maybe that's what the NCAA will do. It'll say, Or cap right, the money they're can- allowed to make off of it. Yes, yeah, some sort of some sort of caps and sort of our regulation on all of this outside of football. Maybe maybe it's not it's an off season thing too. Who yeah. knows what they're going to do to to handle all of that? But it is it is an interesting situation. So let's have a little fun with this. Let's say that <laughs> let's say that this was put in place right just now, and every single college athlete could go to whatever sort of business that would allow them to sit at a table and sign autographs because yeah. that's that's really how a lot of this is going to be done i tweeted about this a few weeks ago i actually think what this is going to lead to is a lot of them becoming influencers that's yeah. something that people haven't really dug into a lot there's good, if you think reality if you think reality tv stars can make a living doing this you haven't seen nothing yet Dude. um so get ready for that but Let's rank the top five most valuable SEC autographs. Now, this isn't necessarily who's having the best season. It's more of a popularity contest. It's not even who's necessarily going to be the best pro. Yeah, skilled players, that's that's what's going to sell. If you're a quarterback, obviously that matters. You play for a big-name program, stuff like that matters. So I ranked 10 of them for a column that I did for SDS. Go check that out, shameless plug. But we decided to narrow it down to just five. Do you want me to run through this, or do you want? I want me, you to do the full ten. T- okay, because I I have so much to say. I'll do the five. I'll do the five. No, do the, the ten. Do the ten. Because I don't have the ten pulled up right you now. You wrote the article. Five. I know, but I don't ten, remember. Ten. Marlon top of my Davidson. Head. Nine. Great right. Delput. Eight. Lynn Bowden. Who was seven? There we go. Six. Seven. Derek, Derek Brown. Derek Brown. Six was DeAndre Swift. DeAndre okay, Swift. Five. Jake Fromm. Four. Jerry Judy. Three. A little bit of a surprise here. I went kind of off the grid. Derek Stingley. Number two, your boy, Tuatunga Vailoa. Number one, Joe Burrow. Now, the most debate is going to be one and two. And I actually did debate this. And if you want to have two at number one, no problem, whatever. I just kind of think that Joe Burrow is kind of like the what's now. And seeing the way that the crowd reacted to him and seeing all of those number nine jerseys in Baton Rouge this past weekend and seeing how much people love that dude. Yeah, they don't do that I think that if, man. No, I mean, they do, obviously. Okay, so here's do, the thing. Obviously. Here's the thing. This is, this is where I'm not going to argue any of – I don't want you to take this the wrong way. This is I laughed about this hysterically when I saw it yesterday because it's like I'm not going to argue any of the people that you ranked. You asked me, you said, who would be – who, whose autograph do you think would go for like, like more money, Tua or Joe? And I said, and I'll quote myself, Tua, because Bama fans are dumb and they'll spend money on it even if they're poor. And like I'm not shots fired. I, I mean, it's not shots fired. And this comes from somebody that grew up in a house where I remember my, I remember growing up and and having our stuff put on the side of a street and my dad freaking out about a Bear Bryant autograph. That's it. None of the other stuff. None of the other stuff in the whole house. That was a prized possession. I remember watching the Harvey Updike thing on ESPN or whatever the, the documentary was. And the first thing he said, you remember watching this interview? He brings it into their house, and the first thing he goes, I got over 31 hats. I got over 31 Alabama hats over here. <laughs> and it was like, that's that's like a very big point of pride. I'm not trying to – I'm an Alabama fan. I don't want that to be come, come off the wrong way. It's like I'm, I know Bama fans aren't all dumb. It's That was more like a tongue-in-cheek thing. But they're crazy. Okay, we're crazy fans. They would I'd probably pay for more. My issue with your ranking is that I always give you a hard time about being a prisoner of the moment and the recency bias. And I just feel like if we had gone to Tuscaloosa this past weekend 
and you had seen Dixieland Delight and the and the laser light show of epilepsy, you would have been like, you know what, two and number one. That's right. That's my argument. I would have had two at number one, probably. But that's like you kind of have to be prison. If we're talking about this right now, you kind of have to be a little bit of a prisoner of the moment. It's kind of what's hot, what's the new thing. And I make I, I say all the time that the Heisman is is such a narrative driven award right. now. And that's not to say that this is just all narrative driven, but in terms of a popular a popularity of like who's rising, like who's who's the person that that He's is all like year. all of a sudden just like captivating college football. I, I, exactly, that's that's the issue though. Is that I'm saying Tua has been a little bit more at the same level for the last couple of years. Right. It's not as much of a commodity as like Joe Burrow's. Like he's the hot thing. Like everybody's kind of exploding. Like. It's it's just a little bit different. We're talking about different things. I'm not saying that Joe Burrow has had the better year. Necessarily, no, no, I know that. I'm just saying. I think if I, I think if, if you wrote this article and we had gone to Tuscaloosa a week ago, your entire opinion would be changed. I, I think I think if you possibly, I think you're caught up possibly. in the moment from leaving Baton Rouge. I love me some. Baton Derek Rouge. Stingley's. I love it too. But Derek Stingley third over. You think Derek, Derek, you think Derek Stingley's, Stingley's he, autograph is worth more than Jake from a quarterback for Georgia? I think Derek Stingley the the potential and the 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 belief of what he's going to become, I think right now is just through the roof. Do you, I mean, Jake Fromm, you, you got to remember pay more money for Derek Singer's autograph. I don't think I don't think fans. You got to remember right now. We're talking about right now. Jake Fromm has has struggled in this offense, yeah. and I said I said in the article I said, you know, if you had asked me about this a month ago or coming into the season, Jake Fromm is top three on this list, easy, yeah. easy, probably number two on this list. But we're taking into account everything, the context of the season, all these different things. And yeah, part of it, yeah. obviously fans are, maybe fan, and fans are, I think, are a little bit more likely to want to get first future first round draft picks as well. So that factors into this. I mean, just all these different things that can go into it. So I just think that everybody's so high on Derek Stingley and so everybody's so sold on him already that yeah. he's going to be a surefire success, that he would be able to walk into any sort of place. And he's, I mean, he's a household name. The fact that he's a local kid I don't too know probably he's a household helps. name. He's a household name in the SEC. Yeah, I don't know if Georgia fans know who he is. I know, I know. Those everyone fans. knows this who Jake is, Fromm this is. This is your lesson right here. Yeah, learn. No, learn and, and listen, Singley, is. Singley is one of the most, one of the best players in the SEC. We talked about this before. It, in the middle of the season, before they even came out the list, he's a bona fide All American, and ESPN came out with their pre, their mid season All American. He he definitely is. We saw it on display this weekend. I'm just saying, devil's advocate here. I, first off, quarterbacks. That's it's the same like. That's who you're you're gonna get an autograph from. That's who you're gonna pay the highest price from. You don't pay. You don't stay in the line to get a uh, an autograph from the Intercontinental Champ, Connor. You get an autograph from Ric Flair. Jake Fromm is Ric Flair because they're both balding. So there's that. I don't think Jake Fromm's balding. It's a weird hairline. It's just a weird hairline. He's such he's a good, but like you know how much money is this? Side note: How much money is this kid gonna make from Cabela's and like a basketball? Oh, so dude. much, dude. There's not even really, I mean, like, even if he stays in college, I, that honestly, and somebody brought this up yesterday, I forgot who it was. Who was it, dang it? They brought up the fact that, like, it was like a former coach or something, maybe. Oh, it was Mark Richt. It was Mark Richt. He said, this might honestly entice kids to come back for a year. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like, it's because yeah, they, they can make money. And, like, Stay popular? I don't think Jake Fromm, I don't know his, his family background or anything like that. He seems like he comes from, like, a good family, got a good head on his shoulders. I don't know his financial situation. But if you're a kid that can still make money and come back for another year, and you don't have to test the waters of the NFL draft, mm. I think that is the one big positive. That this is gonna, this is gonna, like be. This, I don't think that's yeah. a sentence, but you know what I'm trying there to say. Are, there are a lot of advertising opportunities though in yeah. the NFL once you get there and stuff like that's that true. too. I mean, even even Montez Sweat has himself an endorsement deal. Yeah. He's got a 
He's got a who Old is Spice. Old Spice, yeah. yeah. But, but, but if you can, Montez Sweat. If those are all guys that are like legit first rounders, but if you're a guy that can like benefit from staying back a year and also make money, then you know, on top of what Boosters already sliding you on the table, it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> Speaking of Jake Fromm, he's got a huge, huge match- matchup this weekend against Florida, Florida and Georgia, Georgia and Florida. Second straight year that this is a top ten matchup. I, I'm, I'll, I'll say this: I'm blown away that Dan Mullen has made this two top ten matchups in a row yeah. to start off his time Very in Florida. Impressive. When he came into Florida and he sort of called out Georgia that every blind squirrel finds in that thing. And I know Florida fans are like, ah, he was taken out of context. It was just at a no, recruiting event, whatever it was. I, I think I think it's pretty clear that Dan Mullen's biggest target was Georgia. He was hired to essentially prevent Kirby from becoming the next Alabama. Yeah. That that is what the intention was when Jim McElwain was let go. It was let, he was let go immediately after the Georgia game. Obviously, there there were other things that led to that, the fake death threats, all of that. But it was seeing okay, this is look at how far away we were from Georgia, and this is how how what we need to do in order to get to that level. Dan Mullen, to his credit, has got Florida to a level where it believes it can overtake Georgia this year. And who's to say that he can't? Here are the I things think that are... he already has. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that, that think that, that he deserves all the all the praise that he's been getting. And I'm, I'm one of those people who thinks Dan Mullen's a top 10 coach in the country. Yeah. I took some flack for... I wrote, I wrote a column basically saying there are a couple things that are still standing in the way of Dan Mullen from getting universal love from everyone. Right. One of them being he does not have a division title yet. Obviously, he played in the toughest division in football during the rise of Nick Saban. He went to Mississippi State. Nobody's saying that he should have been rattling off division title after division title. Right. But if you are going to be one of these elite coaches, that is something that we value yeah. you by. So for those who say he needs to win a division title to get to that upper echelon, this is the perfect chance, obviously. You beat Georgia. That path is wide open yeah. for you to be able to do that. We think that the winner of this game is going to win this division. So well, the door Moore, would be closed. I mean, he he would he would essentially have won, right? It's it's, it's it wouldn't be official. There you are still need a Mizzou couple to backwards lose one more. Yeah, because yeah. Mizzou still has matchups against both teams. And, yeah, you know, Florida would have to lose an additional game, something like yeah. that. But anyways. So there are two stats that I want to throw out there with Dan Mullen because I realize that part of a lot of this, most of this, is him coming from Mississippi State. But for those who are still saying that Dan Mullen is not an elite coach, these are the things that they are pointing to. Okay. In the regular season, Dan Mullen is one in fifteen against top fifteen teams away from home. That includes a couple of neutral site games right. that he has played. So that includes the Georgia game last year. That includes the opener that he had when he was at Mississippi State when they played against Oklahoma State. I think that was in two thousand thirteen. In the regular season, Dan Mullen is 4-17 in ranked versus ranked matchups. So even when he was coaching a ranked team at Mississippi State, he still has only four wins against ranked Connor, teams that is such that a good stretch. stat. That's a great so, stat, man. Because there were a lot of people who looked at the first stat and said, all right, well, yeah, he's playing against LSU, right. he's playing against Alabama, he's coaching Mississippi State. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I get that. That 4-17 and 17 number, I expect them to turn that around at Florida. Yeah. This is your chance, though, to, for all those people to that are pointing to that stat to say, you know what, we don't care. We'll go on a neutral site. We'll beat a team like Georgia who was picked by many, some, my, myself, to win a national championship. We'll go beat them at a neutral site. Our best versus their best. Me with a backup quarterback. I don't care. I'll beat yeah. you. Huge opportunity in front of Dan Mullen this weekend. Yeah, so I, and I've, I brought this up before. Like I was staunch. Uh, second time I used that word today. Um, nice. Very, very... Um, I don't know the word I'm trying to say. I didn't. I didn't agree with you when you brought up the whole Dan Mullen being top ten coach thing, and I kind of championed, you know, Orgeron being in up in that, you know, 
that top ten ranking. He is now, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, I think he was before. We just didn't give him credit for it because just because of the numbers he had already. Like what he's done this season, he's three and zero against top ten teams. This is about Edward Trump, but like his his record against top ten teams before, like before the season, was still impressive. It was it was incredibly impressive. Now you look at um, Dan Mullen. I remember bringing up the, we talked about it this summer. His record against top twenty five teams overall, even with the year at Florida, it was like ten, or maybe it was. It was like ten and thirty. It was under twenty five percent, right? Like, it wasn't good. No, it, but, you know. but it was also years and years of like what he did at Mississippi State. I think I I didn't give him enough credit for being able to build that up, and and you know what he was able to do in a place like Starkville. I think we all just kind of assumed he was going to have this success at Florida, and I, I you know I, I I was big on the fact that he kind of walked into a perfect situation last year. What he's been able to do this year has been nothing short of incredible. Back up, I've said it time and time again in the past couple weeks. Any adversity Florida has faced, they have overcome. Backup quarterback, top two defensive players on the defensive line out. Uh, C.J. Henderson missed some time. I mean, C.J. Henderson, Mark Kadarius Wilson, Tony. Kadarius Tony, and we we've forgotten about Kadarius Tony. And like you know, like that kid is a weapon. He's an absolute weapon. This game is so big to change the narrative, and it's 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 interesting when you think about it because if you're a Florida fan, as I've learned all off season from Florida fans. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, boy. oh my god this is one of the most passionate fan bases i have ever seen in my entire life yesterday i was i was going back and forth and it wasn't an argument it was just me going back and forth casey hampton and i said something about i was like well you know he said like, like a line in the game and he he he's like i just don't understand why hashtag florida twitter is freaking out i was like please god don't it's like going into a dark bathroom and saying Bloody Mary three times. Like, dude, yeah, don't, just please don't do this to me. So I will say this. Both these fan bases absolutely hate each other, okay? And I'm not trying to mince my words with that. They hate each other. And that's one of the things that makes college football so great is these rivalries. Florida, when you look at what their fan base is going gonna, is gonna to take away from this game, do you think, this is me asking your opinion, do you think anything short of a win is is underachieving? Because going into this game, They've been outscored by 55 combined points in the past two seasons. Okay, they got beat 42 to seven, and then what, like 36 to 19? Uh, it was something. I think it was it was 36 17. I could something be wrong. Weird, on that. Right? I could be wrong on that. Yeah, um, something like that. So either way, so maybe it's like 54 combined points. Um, whatever it is, they have closed the gap on Georgia so quickly, and Georgia, yep. you know, this season, and that is. Georgia fans don't want to hear it, but that's exactly what's happened. There's a lot of season, you know, big games left to play. But so far this season, that's what we've seen from Dan Mullen in Florida. If they lose this game, though, like I don't think this is a game where they can just lose to Georgia and it was a close game. And and, and everyone's going to feel okay. Like, well, we were closer this time. I feel like you have to win. You're the higher ranked team. You kind of have to win. I agree. Even though Georgia's favored in this game, which I was surprised. I oh. thought this was going to be a pick em. We'll talk more about that in our picks later. But... The Georgia side of this is, it's pretty cut and dry. In my opinion, I don't know how you justify keeping James Coley if we see more of the same from the Georgia offense. And and I know that he's going to probably keep his job after this game and if they lose, and he's not just going to get fired midseason, probably that wouldn't happen because Kirby has defended him at every chance possible. But if they come out and they lose like some 21-17 to game or something like that, 
how bad of a look would that be for James Coley when he's got to look across that sideline and he sees Dan Mullen working with a backup quarterback? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got Jake Fromm, he's got DeAndre Swift, he's got reportedly the best offensive line in the country, and he can't get anything going? That would be a terrible look coming off of a bye week when you've had two weeks to prepare for this. We've been criticizing his play calling for a month now. Yeah, There'd be no excuse to come out and do the same exact thing over and over. Now, maybe that doesn't happen, and maybe what happens in this game, the path for a Georgia victory could be Todd Grantham sends a bunch of pressure and Georgia just decides <laughs> we're gonna run right up the gut we're gonna run right past I don't want them to gain the edge. another yard what a great line <laughs> I misquoted the other day I misquoted you when you I, I said that when you're doing a coach imitation Ooh. that I it was that the line was from Waterboy it was definitely from Joe Dirt and I was dead wrong on that oh, yeah, I, and fine. I realized I, that I, I, back I to thought it. it was too until you just said something so remember the time you make a man by no day got boy they will remember the day that they I, played the Titans. I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, we need to talk about putting that Coach O impression to, to bed. But, no, I mean, like, you're right. This is a hypothetical situation. This is a hypothetical Very situation. Very hypothetical. And when you said it, I started laughing because it was like, you just imagine James Cole looking across the sideline. All I could think of is, and Todd Grantham, both corners of the palms of his hand, re- gripped around his neck, making a choke sign. And Dan Mullen with his visor on backwards doing some terrible woe dance and just looking awful. I, all of that could happen, and if it does, you're right, man. Like this, that is a terrible look because it's like, for all the reasons you said, this is against a backup quarterback. You've got Jake Fromm, okay? The only, the only outside of maybe defensive, well, I don't know, on offense, the only only part of Georgia that isn't as talented or deep, maybe because they might be as talented, is is the receiving core, and it, and to be, I mean, you, this offensive line is supposed to be the best in the country. They they've given up four sacks all year, and if you somehow can't come out and, and it's not it's not just winning, it's but you're right, like putting up points. Yeah, how is it? It could be injuries. Could be injuries too that maybe determine this one. We don't yeah. know the status of Lawrence Cager just yet. Sure I think back. his value. I we don't know a hundred percent if he's. I think I thought he was going to be a game time decision. They're hopeful that he can play, but well, Connor, somebody put on Twitter know. yesterday, and this is where I get all my news from, is that somebody yep. put on Twitter. Uh, the Undertaker gif, where he came up from the dead. So I assumed that that, okay. that was the medical let's report, he's back. and he's back. We, we expect, but I could be wrong. We expect, well, let's, let's, in terms of full capacity, maybe that's the better way to phrase yeah. this. Who's going to be coming off of injury looking like themselves the most? Lawrence Cager, or is it going to be on the Florida side where we see Jabari Zuniga, John Grenard, and Kadarius yeah. Tony? all supposed to be coming back in this one. Hopefully those guys, everybody can stay on the field and we get to see these teams about as close to full strength as possible, realizing that Florida obviously still has Kyle Trask, who has looked better than Felipe Franks for most of this year. Let's move to our picks. The slate is not good. It's not good. But we still have to pick games because, you know what, that's what we do. That's what we do every single week. Let's, Let's go through this one quickly. UT San Antonio. I don't want to gamble right now. I put, I put a lot of money on the first strike of the World Series Game 6 last night. And guess what? It was a ball. How dare you. I know. How UT did- San Antonio is going to Texas A&M. 38 and a half point dogs they are on the road against the fighting Jimbo Fishers. Uh, 38 and a half. Can, can A&M put up that many points in cover? I'm going to say no. The last time they played each other was 2016. And A and M was a twenty three and a half point favorite, and they or twenty five and a half point. You know, I hate that line. And they won twenty three to ten. So I'm gonna say, just because of I don't know what A and M in November, they don't go together. Okay, that's Kevin Someone's stuff. Let's not do that. I mean, there's still numbers. 
Mm. Well, can uh, you I'll tell me the scouting report on UTSA, Connor? Go ahead. Are they the Roadrunners? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> that's not a scouting I'm report, but yes. That I do that. Is that Mike? Who is the coach? Is it, it's it's somebody that's like, it's not Mike Price, but it's no, it's somebody it's, that's like pretty noticeable. I can't remember now. I'm drawing a blank. A and M covers over under Kellen Mond rushing attempts. I set the over under at eight. Uh, I'm gonna say over because he had so much success last week. If you have to have your quarterback run the ball to get to get the offense going also against true. UT San Antonio, maybe not the best look, but maybe that's just the offense um, now because that that running game is that bad. Is, that is just kind of the offense. It was better last week. It was better against Mississippi State. We will see. Mississippi State is a seven and a half point favorite against Arkansas. I was a little bit surprised. Well, not surprised. I was within one point on that line, so I guess not surprised. But this says more about Mississippi State than it does about Arkansas because Mississippi State has looked awful this year, and Arkansas has been close to the bottom, probably bottom two, yeah, can we say bottom two or bottom three power five program in the country? Nobody's been worse than Rutgers, but um, it's been very bottom. The the only thing I don't want to see less than Mississippi State-Arkansas is Arkansas and Rutgers. (sighs) That would look like a scrimmage. We talked about the Mississippi State A&M game looking like a spring game. That would look a little too similar for my liking. Who are you taking to cover that that oh so fun game? Um, that's tough, man. This game is just—it's bad for so many reasons. I'm gonna take, I guess, take Mississippi State. I don't—I mean, to cover seven points—that's what we're talking about here. Seven and a half. I would we buy don't know it this, down. This quarterback situation I would for buy, Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, they don't either, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like Arkansas has just been so abysmal. Mississippi State hasn't given me much to, to believe in, but they did put up at least some points last week. I'll take Mississippi State. I would buy it down to 6.5 if I had to bet on it. Ugh. It pains me to say, as much as I love Joe Moorhead, taking Arkansas to cover in this one. Take it. Arkansas, I think, is going to realize the desperation. Not necessarily saying that they're going to win, but they're going to at least make this close. Yeah. It's tough to look at what Mississippi State has done on the road, especially defensively, Agreed. and say that they're going to stop anybody. I think this game is way too close for Joe Moorhead's comfort. I don't know if I can name Steve, a, a road game besides A&M they've played. That they that Mississippi, Mississippi State's yeah. played? Auburn. Oh, yikes. Okay, good point. Tennessee. Ooh, even worse. <laughs> okay, yeah. good point. They have not been good. How many references are we going to get to Chad Morris's guarantee, which he kind of slipped into the whole like discussion about his quarterback situation, not really knowing what they were going to do. Just happened to say it twice, by the way, that um, that he, that Arkansas was going to win the game. Some people took it as coach speak. I thought it looked more like a guarantee. It's the the clip is all over Twitter. Read it, read it, watch it for yourself, whatever. But Ugh. I think we're going to get at least. I set the over under at two references to this. I would say over. I guess I. Ugh. This this is like when like Gary Johnson ran for president in twenty sixteen. He's like, we're gonna win. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not gonna win as the third party in a president. Like, this is that that's like the level of this gear, this guarantee. Ooh, not not maybe the smartest move if yeah. you haven't won an SEC game. You've never won against the Power Five team. Just throwing that out there. But I mean, don't he's picking like you can't play Arkansas or they can't play Vandy this year and they can't play themselves. So this is, is probably the third is best Arkansas? option. Arkansas just put Ricky Boyd back there. Wildcat. Wild hog. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm Bring back agreed. the wild hog. Yeah. I, I think like we'd that. all like to see that. I'd be much more interested in watching that game. Ole Miss and Auburn. Auburn is an 18 and a half point favorite. A little bit higher than what we thought. Yeah. But coming off of the LSU game, very physical game. 
can Auburn cover a three-score spread against an Ole Miss team that's been better than we thought was Well, hold on. Give yourself some credit here because it wasn't it. You said 15 and a half, and it opened, it and opened at 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. So you I will give it. myself credit. Um, I'm taking Ole Miss to cover. They're coming off a bye week. I agree with you that Ole Miss should look better down the stretch, playing with some sort of desperation. Yeah. Maybe they sense Matt Luke's job is kind of on the line at the end of the year. Also, the fact that like Auburn to... has a quarterback that literally can't complete multiple passes over five yards, and their backup quarterback just left the program midweek. But the one thing I'll say to push back on that is Auburn has looked really good against inferior competition this year. They blew out Arkansas. They blew out yeah. Mississippi State. Uh, they blew out – who was it? Uh, they played Tulane. I, what was that? I can't remember the final score. That they game. also got a bye but, week before they had to play after that loss. They, and they've only, they haven't had to come back-to-back weeks after a loss. Mm, yeah. That's interesting too. I'll take Ole, I'll take Ole Miss to cover in this game and say that they're going to have a more clear identity in terms of what they want to do with the quarterback position. I tell you what, the, and real quick on that, if I swear to God, Ole Miss, because I've been blowing you up all year, don't want Matt Luke, Matt Luke, the head coach, <laughs> Ole Miss football coming out here needing a must-win situation, all all of our goals still in front of us getting to a bowl game. If Ole Miss comes out and has less, like, like, what's the word I'm looking here for here, Connor? Congruency, I don't think that's it. Fire? No, it's um, just if, if they have more quarterback. Less of a plan? What's that? Less of a plan? Yeah, sure. Less of a concrete plan at quarterback than Auburn, okay. I'm going to be pissed. Like, Auburn has a back. Like, I mean, I, I mean that's somewhat tongue in cheek because the fact that Auburn only has one plan at quarterback now at this point because everyone else is left. But if don't Ol- sleep on cord. Yeah, I'm sleeping on cord. Did you see his legs? I didn't like, I didn't like his hairy legs. I'll throw that out there. Um, he, As a fellow hairy legs guy, I take he had, major offense. He to had that. Zero, he his legs looked like mine. Like there was zero definition from the knee down. It was just too too just. Ugh. Anyway, I can't I can't get into it. It's gonna make me sick. Um, regardless, regardless, I don't I don't. The last thing Ole Miss should do, especially come up a bye week, is come out and be like we're gonna run. We're, you know, we're gonna run two quarterbacks out there again. We're gonna give both kids a chance to play. No, Matt. No, stop. No, Matt. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that Rich Rod either. The over-under for this game is Rich Rod blow-ups in the booth that we get to see on camera. That's an important caveat. He's going to have a ton of blow-ups, but the ones that we catch on camera, I set the over-under at a very simple one. So, and I like this number, Connor. You're really good at this game. You're so good at this Thank game. Thank you. But what I wish that, I want to throw in another little wrinkle here, another little caveat, if you will. Should it count for more than one if the camera stays on him for more than a certain amount of seconds? Mm. That's interesting. You know Maybe I mean? the over under should have been the over under should have been seconds on camera of Rich Rod below us. Like if we it's set one, the over under at like twenty seconds. I was, I was gonna say like ten because it's like, it's a hurry up offense. I think so. Kind of they want to move fast. So I don't I don't know. Plus, cameraman always gets uncomfortable. It, a cameraman it's, it's such a weird job to me. It's like all right, pan over to six. There's a pretty girl cheering in the in the seventh row, and then it's like pan up. And then it's just Rich Rod freaking out. But you can tell, like, the whole time they just want to take the camera off Rich Rod. Like, it's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't... Before, like, an F word pops out. But, like, it should be, like, all right, one one blow up, but if it lasts longer than eight and a half seconds. Like, okay. in real we'll time. Yeah. And I, I think it's over either way. <laughs> <laughs> UAB. Don't sleep on the Blazers. Traveling to Tennessee. Rocky Top is going to have, uh, I think, a decent crowd at this game, considering what Tennessee's looked like lately. Tennessee is an 11-point favorite in this one. My, how the turntables. 
Oh, I might have the turntable. Seriously, because I, I think going into last week, if you were picking this spread, it would have been definitely a one-score spread. Yeah. Yeah. I, but then they, they look like that against South Carolina and changes things. Man, UAB is also coming off a bye week. Um, the fact that UAB has one loss, and it's the loss, it's the game that I predicted they would win. <laughs> that makes me so bummed. Um, I, I, so, here, all right, here's what I'll say. Tennessee, You're going to bet jaded. I know. I know. It. Well, I'm going to what? You're going to bet jaded. You're going to say, UAB wronged me. They will never wrong no, me No, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is, you know, a couple weeks ago, we brought up, I said, can Tennessee make a bowl game? And we laughed. I mean, you, you laughed first. I first still don't think Tennessee they will. Fans. I, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard. But, like, I, I, I'm going to take Tennessee. I think they've got a little fire in their bellies again. Come on, Matt Luke. Um, I think Tennessee wins this game. I think they cover the spread. I would get it. I would get it at ten if I could be on the safe side. Because I mean, like they're down to their third string quarterback, right? Yes, I believe JT. Shr- oh, there, there's a chance Garrett Garantano can play. Broken bone in his hand, but yeah, JT Shrute. We're gonna call him JT Shrute. I don't care if that's the wrong pronunciation. I love that. He is a, a nephew of Dwight. Yeah. Um, I just I think, I mean, this offense is still bad. This offense is is still. This is a team that is still giving up more points and yards per game. Than their opposition. However, I think they're playing with a little more fire. The defense looked a lot better, and your offense—I don't, I don't know what kind of athletes UAB has, but I'm assuming the offense could honestly be drop back, throw up to Jawan Jennings, go win yourself a ball game, or Marcus Callaway. I think I've been wrong on Tennessee almost every week. I, I really think I have. Yeah, I'm just going to take Tennessee to cover blindly, even though I've been saying don't sleep on the Blazers yeah. this whole <laughs> don't time. Sleep on the Blazers. Whatever, <laughs> throwing that out the window. The Blazers are coached by Bill Clark, who has roots as an Alabama high school coach. A certain Jeremy Pruitt, as you may or may not have seen on the greatest MTV reality show of all time. Once upon a time, a high school coach in the state of Alabama, albeit as an assistant. How many references to coaching high school football in Alabama are we going to get on the broadcast? I set the over-under at 1.5. Definitely over. Definitely over. We need it over. We need the over. I just want you know what if it, I what what I think everyone deserves from this game. Excuse me. Is if this game can get out of control, get lopsided. You know, like in a game gets like lopsided later. Like we're gonna cut away to the action and go show you the rest of this game. Like if it's like sixty three to seven. What everyone needs to hope and pray for is that Tennessee gets up by by forty to fifty to sixty points. And to sixty, and then okay. the fourth quarter is just them showing a replay of two days. Yeah, I would be on board with that. I don't know the rights if the law if the statute of limitations is up on that, yeah. but if there's any way ESPN can come into contact with all the rights to two days, I'm fully on board. For those who haven't seen the show yet, and there are a lot of Tennessee players that we know have not seen the show. Yeah. You need to see it, and you need to go back and watch season one because it's a gem. I just can't believe that there's like. That, that we're getting to that point now where it's like there are kids that were like what five when that yeah. show came out i dressed up as that whole we dressed up as that whole cast for halloween that year i got duct taped to the floor that's a different story tough, for a different time. time vandy south carolina south carolina is a 15 point home favorite despite the fact that they're coming off of the blowout loss against tennessee and despite the fact that vandy coming off of that great win against mizzou had a nice little bye week because as we know bye weeks make all the difference in the world according south to me carolina, <laughs> for whatever reason south, that that spread was a little bit higher than i thought can south carolina cover 15 that this line sucks 
There's no, there's, it's not ideal. I'm a degenerate gambler at times, in case my fiance's listening. There, there is no part of me that would touch this game. 15? I thought I hated 25. 15 is a terrible number. I, I would, yeah, I'm, I would say I'm going to take Vandy, uh, not because I have any faith in Vandy or that I don't have faith in South Carolina, but that is such a high line considering what happened to Carolina a week ago. Now, they do get him at home at night, right? It's a night game. Believe so. I yeah. believe so. So, I'm going to take Carolina. They see. They. I mean, hopefully they'll be focused after this week. I'm feeling good about the favorites. Well, no, I shouldn't no, say you that. Feeling good about most of them. So. No, that's not true. You have four a and Um. Okay. Fair enough. Um. All right. Yeah, I actually picked more underdogs. And Arkansas. Favorites. Yeah. I, like <laughs> I take back what I said. Um, I am going to take South Carolina in this one just because I still don't have a belief that Vandy's quarterback situation is going to be anything. I still point. think that that offense is going to be super one-dimensional. We saw what South Carolina was able to do against a very one-dimensional Georgia attack. If that's the case, then I think South Carolina, fighting for bowl eligibility, comes out strong and wins this one and covers and wins by three scores in this. Oh. Speaking of bowl eligibility... The over-under is references to bowl eligibility. I set the over-under at 3.5. I'm going to say under, only because one of these teams has a chance of making it to a bowl. Uh, They're going to say Vandy, though, because they're trying to sell the game. I'm not saying Vandy has a chance to go to a bowl game, but on the broadcast, they try and make you interested, and they know that there are a million other games you could be watching while this is going on. And if they try and make it seem like there's something actually at stake in this game, or you could be watching old episodes of Two-A-Days, I don't know. That's what they're going to probably try and do. So that's why I set it a little bit higher than than what you would typically do for for a game. That's pretty good. I'm going to say under, just because, like I said, I think it's tough for my thing. Hey God, guys! You know what? I just wish that the the bottom part, the bottom half of the conference, could just figure it out. Because I'm tired of making rankings and and bowl projections. It's, it's rough so for tough, that. man. It's awful. After like like at first, it's like all right, well after five, it's tough because obviously Mizzou would be six, or maybe after six, and now it's like God damn, Mizzou lost twice in a row. I, I I texted Doring after last week, and I was like, Am I dumb? Even though Mizzou lost to keep them at six, it's like no, nah, man. Go on, <laughs> go on with your bad self, and then it was like, Ooh, never mind. So thanks a lot, Doring. Speaking Let's get of to Doring. the final one, the biggest game of the week, not only in the SEC but in all of college football. Memphis, Florida, and SMU, college game day. Hey, shout out to shout out to Memphis by the way, which still has a path to earn the New Year's oh Six God. bowl bid. I'm just. Saying I'm defending. I'm happen. defending the, the the honor of the conference by making fun of it. And you, of course, shameless plug a preseason prediction. <laughs> Don't sleep on the AAC, man. Even without UCF, it's looking pretty good this year. Cincinnati's ranked. SMU's ranked. Yeah. Memphis is ranked. Just saying. That's fair. Got more ranked teams than the a- than the ACC right now. Showing that out there. You're gonna go with that. Yeah, you're right. Georgia is a six and a half point favorite. I. I am surprised. I am very, very surprised. Given the fact that it seems like each week for the last month, for the last four Georgia games, we have said, huh, you know, Georgia didn't look quite as good as we thought they would. And Florida, on the other hand, has been like, oh, Florida's looked a little bit better than I thought. I feel like we say this every single week. And we look at that matchup and we see Georgia as nearly a touchdown favorite in this game. Marler. Are you picking Georgia to cover? Crank up Avril Levine. Because now I Which am one? jaded. Oh, there it is. Um, here's the thing, guys. Some Avril, I, I just, huh? Yeah, you we jammed did. to some we Avril did. at Baton Rouge. Um, I will say this. 
I wish that I could pick both teams to win. Not because I care about either team or Communist. fan base. I just, <laughs> I just, I just would like one of those fan bases to stay out of my mentions afterwards. I'm not going to take a, a a a staunch stance on this game because just for Third fear to that, yeah, a fear of my mentions from either fan base. What I will say is this: I am, I am a jaded ex girlfriend or ex boyfriend or however you want to phrase it in picking Georgia here. Because I'm I'm not picking Georgia yet. I'm just saying I said all off season, best money, best bet you could make the whole year, Georgia. Okay, Georgia minus three and a half. I was shocked that it opened that low. I thought Florida was going to be way worse, and it got up to seven and a half almost immediately. Okay, like the humble brag thing. I was on there with Cannell and McElroy in this summer, and I was like, Super dude, that's brag, the yeah. best bet you can make. Trust me. I don't feel that way now. I've I've sat here. And I've, 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 I'm in a toxic relationship with Georgia and their offense. I've sat here and believed in you nonstop. The defense has done its job. The defense has done Off its job defense. consistently. Yep. Okay? It's, it's, it has nothing to do. They're like, actually, I'm not going to use that reference because it's probably inappropriate. But they're, they're just, they're not doing their part in keeping up their, their good name and appearance. It's just, it's not good. I'm not only taking, now, listen, if this gets down to two and a half, I will reverse I will reverse here, and I will put all of my money on Georgia to win on the money line. But as of right now, it's not coming down that much. There's it, no it already way, right? dropped to five, and this line isn't even accurate. This, this thing dropped like four. I got this line two hours it ago. It dropped down to four and a half as of like yesterday. On, on mm-hmm. go to Vegas, go to VegasOdds.com or Vegas Insider. Vegas Insider, yeah. Vegas Insider. Did you look at all? Did you look at all the books? Yes, all the books. I'm looking. At, I look at. I look at Vegas. I look at the, the super book. Okay, so there's multiple books. Westgate Superbook. Yeah. I realize that's the best that. One. I go by the That's Westgate my favorite Superbook. place in the world. Um, there we go. Anyway, but regardless, if it comes down a lot, which I expect it to anyway, I, I, I might change direction here. I'm taking Florida to cover the spread. I'm taking Florida to win outright. They've had a week off. They're, they are also jaded. They're angry. I know this Georgia defense is really good. Florida to win. 27 to 23. Marler, tell me, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? <laughs> you think that's complicated? When do we get to the locks of the week, dude? I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I am. I've been, so I've been over on record you. all week. I've been. <laughs> if we could just come up with Avril references back and forth for an is that an Avril? Is that an Avril song? So over you? I, th- I think probably, probably so. Is. Honestly, that yeah. sounds like a deep cut Avril. So <laughs> I am also taking Florida to win this game, it, and I did not think I would. I've been saying all week repeatedly, I can't see the path to the Georgia victory. I look at the way that the Georgia receivers are going to try and get open against this Florida secondary, which has been so good, and I try and just think, how in the world is Jake Fromm going to be able to find these guys if his clock is, is, is sped up with these great edge rushers who are expected to return in this game? I think it's a bad matchup for Georgia right now. I think it's just a bad, bad matchup. Last year, this Georgia team went into this game, and they had a lot of different options. Jake Fromm had a lot of different upperclassmen options that he could turn to when Grantham brought that pressure. Yeah. We saw when he really got going with Isaac Nata in the yep. second quarter, and he got cooking. And that turned that offense around completely. Second half was a totally different story. He had receivers that he could trust. He threw that back shoulder fade to Jeremiah Holloman a bunch of times in this game. Who's he going to do that to? Okay. If Lawrence Cager's not on the field, I don't know when that's happening. So you and we brought this up a couple weeks ago. We talked about the tight end. Um, honestly, maybe somebody that is is totally overlooked by us in why this Eli Wolf. No, what? 
No. Oh, okay. Sorry. It, the, one ahead. of the reasons why this Georgia offense might be struggling is maybe the absence of Holloman. And, 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 and oh, no one has brought no this up. It's just the fact that, like, okay, hold on. He was their only returning receiver from a year ago of any yeah. kind of experience, right? And, and you, the, he, he wasn't as good as Godwin. He wasn't as good as, as Michael Hardman. Um, and I can't think of the other one right now. Oh, Riley, Riley Ridley. Ridley. But, like, he in this game, he was the dude. He was that dude. He was the dude. I, and so, yep. and, and you, we saw this offensive line. I mean, geez, man, they're still, it's like a drunk person trying to access some kind of like online website they forgot their password for. They still couldn't get in on like a 17 play goal line stand. You get the reference. He was a skater boy. My God. All right, we're done. Uh, (laughs) Georgia, prove it. Prove it. This is your, this is your prove it game. That is not an Avril Levine reference. That is a me reference. Go out there and prove it. Show all the people who have been doubting your team and saying that your offense can't do anything and hasn't made the right adjustments. You want to go show everybody that you're a contender again? Go win a game against Florida. Go do it on a neutral site and do something that you haven't done all year. Look good for 60 minutes offensively for four quarters against a team that's actually worth something. I just don't just saying. Agree with throwing you. it out there. Over under total passing touchdowns in this game with a couple of defenses who, when healthy, I believe are two of the top five best defenses in the country. I set the over under for total passing touchdowns at four. Uh, under by two? <laughs> like, I just, oh, you I think mean, there's only going to be two total? So it, here's the thing, and this is this is honestly the main reason I, I couldn't go with my gut and pick, pick Georgia is DeAndre Swift's comments after the last game. Like, I had, I, I don't dislike him or anything like that but when he said you know fans booing about the offense this is the offense if you don't want to see it then don't show up to the games like and i get the moment of frustration and maybe he didn't mean it completely in that moment. i don't know regardless that worries me because if that is the offense this is a problem because you're not going to yeah. be able to do this against florida you're not going to run the ball 50 times and beat florida you're just not i mean you're just not like this defense has been and maybe i'm wrong maybe i am wrong and georgia proves me wrong i don't know but i just I can't in good conscience look at the past month of the season. And, exactly. and, and you know what people, people say this all the time. And Georgia fans, I just want you to hear me out of where I'm coming from with this. Is people say all the time, like, well, this team's only ranked this high because of what we thought preseason. I can't look at this team and not take that into account because they are ranked. They, they, I have gone to them like the benefit, or given them the benefit of the doubt so many times because of what I thought they were going to be before the season started. And I agree with you. I agree with that 100%. And I, I don't think that you can necessarily say like, oh, well, all of a sudden Georgia beating Notre Dame just means nothing right. because they just got killed against Michigan. It's still a quality win, yep. don't get me wrong. But I, I, I think that right now Georgia Georgia needs that, that prove-it game. This needs to be that prove-it game for them to be able to get back on track. Who knows how this is going to go down. Let's do our locks of the I week. Last week so much was, right now. Last week was rough for me. I said to you, during the tailgate, I was checking up on scores, and I don't I bring it up. We didn't even post it. Don't doesn't even matter. I, I, I'm a, I, I admit when I'm wrong. Rutgers, you, you proved me wrong. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. That is the last time I ever bet against Rutgers. No, no it's, it's not. not. Yeah. There's, there's, there's going to be so many more chances to do that. I'm not betting against Rutgers this week, but I am betting against a team that you've been super, super high on. I don't like I'm it. Betting against, I'm betting against Oregon. 
I'm saying my lock of the week is USC plus four and a half at home against the Ducks because the Pac-12 is going to Pac-12. That's what they're going to do. They beat up on each other. Everybody's sipping the Oregon Kool-Aid quietly while Oregon has been really, really good. That defense that we hyped up a couple weeks ago has just allowed 31 points in consecutive games. I worry about this Oregon team having that consistency over the course of the nine-game conference schedule. I keep repeating that, how difficult it is to run the table. On the road against USC, a USC team that quietly is 4-1 and one in Pac-12 play and Five leading and the overall. South right now. 5-3 and three overall, but 4-1 and one in, in, in Pac-12 play, which is pretty good. I think USC wins this game and shakes it up just because we're not going to actually have a Pac-12 contender going into the first playoff poll, are we? That'd be crazy, right? Yeah, we are. Um, my very <laughs> first, my very first lock of the week, Oregon Moneyline. Let's do it. Let's go. We've never gone head-to-head like this in Lock that's, of the Week. That's I'm not the up. point of the Locks of the Week, but yeah, you're right. My next one, Eric, don't tell Bay. I've got Zona. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite overall. I've got them as a the money line against Oregon State. They're going to be at home. I like that a lot. Um, let's see here. Why do we always do Pac-12 games for this? It's like the easiest to bet on. I'm trying to win money here. <laughs> you know what's crazy, and I never thought I would say this in my entire life, and that is the fact that you know what's this weekend? Avril Lavigne <laughs> Fan Fest. <laughs> I wish. Um, God, I gotta go to Hot Topic. Anyway, um, no, so this weekend, Florida State, Miami. Quietly. Dude, very quietly. Think about the slate of games this week, and no one's even talking about Florida State, Miami. Here's what I'm gonna do right here Florida, Miami just lost to Georgia Tech at home. Bad loss. Bad loss, man. Bad loss. If I don't know if you guys saw the viral video that came out of that 16-year-old named Preston, I'm assuming, who kept hitting the back of the seat saying cuss words, and he was hitting them. Anyway, um, I've not only got FSU money line, which is my absolute lock of the week. FSU, take the money line or take them to cover the two points in the first half. FSU, I'm, I'm every which way I can buy it, I'm buying it over Miami. Is this a uh, potential suck up to Danny Cannell so we can get him on the pod next week? Absolutely not. I just hate Miami. They're terrible this year. I tell you what, too. The over under for the first half is 23. Florida State will put that up by themselves. They're a first half team. They're averaging like 28 points in the first half of every game. Miami's terrible. Miami just lost to Georgia Tech. I'm just, so, right now, I'm not going to put these all in the locks, but I'll tell you where my money's going this weekend. Florida State. Florida State minus two in the first half. Florida State money line first half. Florida State Miami over twenty three points in the first half. Take it all. Take it all. Hot, hot topic. Yeah, that's where your money's going to as well. Also true. Let's go to our interview with our, our good friend, um, a guy that you did not go to school with, fellow Parkview but, Panther, but went to school, went to the same exact school, walked the same halls. Um, yeah. Two kings of, of Parkview. <laughs> Let's kick it to our good friend Matt Stinchko. We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is SEC Network analyst and former Georgia offensive lineman Matt Stinchcomb. Uh, Matt, your cover photo on Twitter looks like you with the All-Americans back in 1997. Peyton Manning is holding the ball, and you're right in the middle below him. Did you ask if you could hold the ball in that picture? No, I can't say that that came up. Why didn't it come up? Because you should have been holding that football is what I'm saying. 
You think in a room with Charles Woodson and Randy Moss that an offensive lineman should be holding it other than Peyton Manning? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. That, that's interesting. <laughs> Is your favorite college football award the Remington Award? Uh, yeah, well, I think that's pretty much what I'm basically saying. So I... I just, you know, I think it would have added a little bit more flair. You know, quarterbacks, you know, Charles Woodson, they were getting all the love. I think it would have been a better photo if you were kind of in the middle of it. It would have been a sign of the times, right? Absolutely. Who do you think should win the Heisman this year? Which offensive lineman from Wisconsin? (laughs) That's a great question. Is Cole Van Landen still there? Uh, Let's get, um, who was it, Uh, Bo Bonschwizzle? I can't. I can't pronounce Man, his last name. Those guys were good. Those guys were already good. taking a turn. <laughs> so Matt, Matt's joining us on behalf of the Allstate AFCA Good Works team. Uh, Matt, tell us about the fine work that you're doing with them. Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. The uh, this is this is the highest honor you can get as a college football player. The Remington Award aside, because it's representing and recognizing the community work that is being done by a lot of college football players, not just the ones that are uh, named to this team. And there's only 11 of them. That's represented um, across all the levels of football. Uh, At the FBS level, there's 11 and 11 more for for the balance of the players that are playing at the collegiate level. And and what these guys are doing is pretty remarkable. I mean, starting their own nonprofits, they're heavily engaged in community works and what is otherwise a really crowded schedule. They're finding ways to impact others. They're reading the kids. They're building Habitat for Humanity houses. You know, in the instance of the three from the SEC, uh, Spencer Easton Riddle, a linebacker at South Carolina, earned a scholarship uh, before the season started. Landon Young, an excellent left tackle for Kentucky. He's overcome injury, but he's done a ton of mission work abroad. Jake Fromm, uh, requires no introduction. You know, one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in the conference uh, from his true freshman year on, and just a remarkable human being with the work that he's doing with uh, extra special people, an organization that works with kids uh, with special needs and developmental disorders. Uh, That's what this team's about, is to inspire others to give back in similar ways. So great, great stuff. And, you know, we all catch you all the time uh, on SEC Network, calling games, breaking down film, doing all those different things. This is the second consecutive week that we've had a former SEC offensive lineman on our podcast. Last week was Cole. Your brains are bigger than us normal humans. How would you fix Georgia's offense? Uh, Score more points. (laughs) All right, boom. Hear that, Georgia? It's, um, it's, uh, I think you're over, you're overestimating the size of my brain. The, uh, you know, I, I will right. say this, that assumes that Georgia's offense needs to be fixed. Um, a lot of folks I think are saying, oh, you open up the passing game. I think, well, nah, well you certainly could. Um, it, that seems a little bit rash when you look at the offensive backfield that's available to Georgia and an offensive front that, you know, though much maligned, uh, largely misplaced. You know, South Carolina is a game that everyone wants to point to. Um, you know, last year nobody said much about the offensive front, and I would say they played much uh, worse versus Missouri a season ago. But because Georgia won, it got a bunch of turnovers, 
and uh, generated big plays, nobody really talked about it. Um, truth is, is that Georgia's offensive front played really good in the first half, and the run game, uh, albeit lacked explosive runs, was a really, really impressive production on the ground game as well. It's just a matter of where the explosive plays. South Carolina did a great job of keeping Georgia in front of them. Uh, that was the blueprint. And, of course, Georgia accommodated them because because they had to earn their way down the field. Uh, and when they did, they turned the football over. Well, all you really gained was field position, but you're forfeiting time and uh, certainly momentum as well. Four turnovers, two missed field goals. I don't know that the offense, any offense, is built to uh, overcome that. And certainly absent takeaways on the defensive side of football um, in their lone loss this season. I think what adds to the idea that their offense needs to be fixed is that um, uh, a performance versus Kentucky, um, you're facing a team that's starting a wide receiver at quarterback that has virtually no uh, place-kicking ability in in the rain. And uh, it wasn't a laser light show, and I think that's what a lot of people anticipated Georgia coming out and trying to do versus a, a beleaguered secondary in Kentucky. I don't know that that was a reasonable expectation. They won by three touchdowns uh, and blanked the opponent. Um, but offensively, there's no doubt they have to find ways to generate explosive plays, and uh, that will certainly be a challenge versus what is easily the best defense Georgia will have faced all season in Florida. That's fair. So you have a great show on SC Network. I actually watched the one this morning uh, with Nick Saban, SEC Film Room. It's one of my favorites. From what you've seen on film this season um, from both teams, what has impressed you the most from either UGA or Florida and, and either offensively or defensively? Yeah, I would say Florida's ability to engineer around their offensive line has been pretty darn remarkable. Um, and that offensive line's improved. We saw them earlier in the season. Um, and I actually had them in the film room in week zero versus Miami. And it definitely was not a strength at that point in time. It's not necessarily a strength now, albeit, you know, take nothing away from those guys. They've protected very well um, uh, versus what I think would be reasonably expected. Um, and they've been able to generate some explosive runs. I think you credit that uh, to the efforts of Damian Pierce versus South Carolina and LaMichael P. Ryan versus Auburn. But regardless, uh, they found ways to rip off those big runs. Um, but their ability to not only weather a change at quarterback, and albeit I think it's ultimately an improvement, um, the way Dan Mullen calls the game with Kyle Trask uh, and the way Kyle Trask, frankly, processes and makes decisions quickly and does an excellent job of distributing the football, throws a highly catchable ball, uh, all those things matter. Um, that's been really impressive, um, uh, among many other things. I think for Georgia, uh, it would be more defensively than anything else. Um, offensively, they've been compromised, I think, for a variety of reasons. One, the, the new faces at wide receiver that I think seemed better than they probably really were early in the season due to the uh, competition that Georgia was facing. Um, maybe more was expected of those guys from the outside looking in than was reasonable. And then offensive front has been a revolving door. Uh, a lot of the guys, Cade Mays has had to play three different positions this year, um, and it's not by choice. Um, the left guard spot has been, you know, basically a turnstile of new faces. Um, right guard, not much better. Right tackle's lost time. Really, left tackle and center have been the only mainstays. So, um, 
they've been able to operate pretty efficiently, all those things considered. But it's the defense, I think, that's been pretty impressive. And when you look at them statistically, uh, they've held up pretty well. And this is, you know, without Campbell, um, who uh, may or may not be available this week. Um, so I would probably focus more on Georgia's defense than anything else. Uh, offensively, I think you could have said that were it not for uh, some of the setbacks that they've dealt with from a personnel standpoint. Matt, before we get out, get you out of here on a two-minute drill, um, if possible, and your best Steve Spurrier imitation, because I know your Spurrier imitation is spot on. We ask you to do it every time you come on. Give us your thoughts on what you think of Dan Mullen and so far what he's done with this Florida team this year. I'm doing it for Coach Spurrier's. You can do, yeah, if, if possible. If, if you're willing to go there with your Spurrier imitation, I know you don't bust it out every day on a special occasion. Yeah, but if yeah. You could, well, maybe yeah. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I get it. Yep, that's, that's enough. Uh, uh, <laughs> Danny, uh, he's done a fine job. And, uh, heck, you know, a lot of folks make a big deal about playing the backup. But, uh, shoot, we used to. I used to play the backup out every other snap. I'd put the other guy in. Uh, put the backup back in. So uh, I think that trash kid, he's done good. I like his number. It's a good-looking number. And uh, Oh, my goodness. Heck, uh, somebody want a, want a Heisman wearing that number. So, so uh, that's pretty good. I, li- I like what he's done. <laughs> that was so good. Man, oh, my is, gosh. Man, I, I, t- I have to do a Coach O impression every week, and it is god-awful. That is just the best thing that's ever happened on this that was, podcast. That was a so good. right here. Oh, yeah. Man. we're gonna. So we'll get you out of here on this. This is a game, just two-minute drill, rapid-fire questions as fast as we can. I know you got a tight schedule. You're, you're a fellow Parkview Panther man, um, so I know you've got a lot of successful things going on, You know, and, and, and you made time for us, and so we appreciate it. So are you ready to play? Absolutely. Bucket list concert. Uh, Van Halen with Eddie Lee Ro- uh, David Lee Roth as the uh, lead singer. Ooh, I like that. That's okay. Uh, describe the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in one word. Uh, filthy. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, dead or alive, person you'd most want to break down film with. Um, hmm, boy, that's a tough one. Colonel Sanders. Nah, check that. Uh, <laughs> let's say, uh, hmm, I don't know. Whoever the guy is that came up with the little fried crispies and Long John Silver's fish stock. Okay. Check that. That's it. Okay. I like that. I can't argue that. Uh, okay, three left. Uh, if you've, Connor's ever been to Athens before, we're going in two weeks. What's the must see or must visit place for someone that's the first time in Athens, Georgia? Ads drugstore. Okay. Give me yeah, prediction for Saturday, Georgia, Florida. Yeah, I'll take Georgia by three. Love it. Ooh. Love it. All right. All right. Matt, we appreciate you joining us. Sorry about the reception there at the end. Appreciate you joining us on behalf of the Allstate AFCA Good Works team. Looking forward to hearing you the rest of the way on the SEC network. All those great things. Best of luck to you the rest of the season, man. All right, guys. All right. Take Thanks, care, man. By the time that people are listening to this, it's probably Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody. Or if you're listening to this after Halloween, happy Halloween hangover. I assume you ate a ton of candy last night and your teeth feel absolutely awful right now. Wow. Let's talk some Halloween stuff. What a ray stuff. of sunshine you are. <laughs> I am. Thank you. 
Let's talk some Halloween stuff. We've got Halloween costumes for a bunch of SEC coaches. I think we've done this before. I, th I didn't go back and look if we did this last year, but if we did, oh well, pretend like we didn't and just be happy or that... pretend like we did and we're doing it again because it's Halloween. You're li this is literally being released on Halloween. Yes, yes. Want me to start? I'll start with Joe mm -hmm. Moorhead if you want. Joe Moorhead should dress up as Dan Mullen for Halloween because Ooh. everybody knows Dan Mullen is the most popular man in Starkville right now um, based on the belief that Mullen built up Mississippi State and... Joe Moorhead is being being charged with yeah. ruining everything that Dan Mullen built. So all he would have to do, just get the visor, um, be sort of a little bit hunched over. I think Dan yeah. Mullen's kind of hunched. Not quite. He does have a hunch. He's got a big old wide shoulder hunch. Yeah, yeah, but just a little, little hunch. Um, part the hair to the side, get the maroon visor. Um, got to go clean shaven for that look yeah. as well. But I think my guy Joe can pull that off. Uh, I mean, he is definitely, I'll never see him as anything that's not Patrick. From SpongeBob, always it's a slap but in the face. That's I mean, he's, they have the same. Well, they they used to have the same body type, but I'm pretty sure that maybe I'm the one that that helped him lose weight because of that joke. But regardless, Garrett Schrader, mm. Ryan Fitzpatrick, boom. Oh, that's that's Simple. easy. That's all. Yeah. He's got to wear the jump the jumpsuit like Fitzmagic yes. did last year. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly. That and the big old blue sense. blocker glasses, or um, you know. If he shrinks himself down, like maybe like do the thing you did when you're in middle school, where you like if you like squat down on your knees and then you take your shoes off and put them under your kneecaps, he could be like Zach Galifianakis. No, Zach Galifianakis isn't that short. That's true. That's fair. He's not that yeah. short. He'd have to also yeah, do have like, like the gut and you know do his like, put a pillow under there and just and, and sit down and give awkward interviews and do like you know between two cowbells. That'd be good. No? Yeah. yeah, I think people would like that. How about Mark Stoops, a tattooed banker? <laughs> <laughs> Where does this come from, you ask? Oh, I don't know. Just a certain podcast that interviewed him That's and had the greatest soundbite of all time. Put your um, money in this bank. He would definitely have to be wearing an off-the-rack suit. Yeah. He'd slick back the hair. He'd be shaking hands all night, as bankers do. And then he'd get a henna neck tattoo that reads in cursive, put your money in this bank. Yeah. Okay. That's just, that's pretty easy. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the interview that we did with Mark Stoops. Yeah, so I always said, he, I said last year he was Mr. Incredible because he looks like Mr. Incredible to me. Yeah, I can see that too. In the face. But what I would say is Cash Daniel as, you know the gif of the guy who, I, I, and I'm sure it's a real, I know it's obviously a real person, but I can't remember the guy's name, where he's like walking up on the sidelines, he's like, looks like a kid's soccer game, and he just like pops out the folding chair. Oh, like, yeah, I'm yeah. here for the comments. That's who Cash Daniel should be. Yeah. Oh, can Pretty he be a gift on. for Halloween? Yeah, without, in this day and it's age? 2019. You're be right. anything, yeah. yeah. Good point. Will Muschamp, this is an easy one. Would have been an easier thing to rally behind a couple weeks ago, yeah. but he's a librarian. He's definitely a librarian. I a mean, librarian? Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that twice. <laughs> he's a librarian. He's I like a librarian. Said, I like you threw in the twice thing, because if you didn't, I was going to throw it in there. Um that's good, though. I, I like that. I, so what I was going to say for Will Muschamp is, um, what do you call it? The, uh, oh, man, what is it? What is it? Why am I, oh, uh, the Big Bad Wolf from Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, that's good. Remember I how like he was like, bundled up and had those, like, like it was it was like, like first off. The glasses like, are the key. Yeah, Little Red Riding Hood was so stupid. Like that, what a dumb idiot person. Like you Hater. thought a wolf was going to sit like that naturally and she was like your grandma? How hairy was your grandma's face? It's an important lesson about trusting people. <laughs> exactly, sure. Um, and exactly, yeah, we, and that's full circle, guys. We've talked about trust and why I'm not trusting of this Georgia team, and it's because of the big bad wolf known as Will Muschamp. So there you go. I just want to see Will Muschamp wearing his glasses and shushing people. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's really what we need to get. And he can be holding books and stuff, but he just have the South Carolina playbook on the inside because he's a football guy. That's I don't know does. why, but for whatever, for whatever reason, when you said that, all I could think of in my head was him being like a movie theater usher and then him just having to quiet down Chad Morris the whole time. Oh. Can you please stop talking, mm-hmm. sir? This is the notebook. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. Jeremy Pruitt, Coneheads. Easy. I don't even know if he needs the cone head. I don't think he does. I think he's already, he's already kind of got it. Just wears a cardigan sweater, shirt, tie. Um, he already looks like a bald Dan Aykroyd. Look at him yeah. side by side. They yeah. look really, really similar. If you if you get bald Dan Aykroyd, that's that's the key. They have, they're kind of similar eyes, same breed of human. That's, that's so much to say, but yeah, you're not wrong. Coneheads also like... They were from another planet, so they didn't understand most mm-hmm. references about Earth. And that there's no better way to sum up Jeremy Pruitt. What's what, this I mean, is what are you talking? What is what is popcorn, man? I don't even come on. It ain't corn, and <laughs> I don't even come on, man. It's crazy. Um, I I think uh, whenever I see him, I still see the Six Flags guy. I just for mm. always, for always, yep. he just always looks like that to me. Um, I'm gonna throw out another one here, Gus Malzahn. One of the T-Birds from Greece. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. He doesn't. He doesn't need to dress up as that as anything, no. though. It's just no. exactly what he's been wearing for the last year. Um, Derek Mason. I I would I would like to see him dress up as DMX just because of the one time on the sidelines where he lost his mind and like that that sound bite. Like remember when like DMX was like X gonna give it to you and you're like wait what like. Like it, sometimes DMX would just say stuff, and I know I don't sound like I'm a I'm a I'm a prof, what's the best way to put it? a um what's what I'm looking for here rapper no <laughs> I know I don't sound like I necessarily know everything about rap, but I was suspended from the last day of eighth grade because I was selling burned copies of DMX and then there was X, uh, so I'm very familiar with that whole album itself. But DMX, he would just say stuff every once in a while, like like in one one of his one of his songs, he was like, "I'm not a nice person." I was like, "Yeah, we are. We know that. Yeah, you know, we, we definitely. We, I can tell are, by the nobody's question. Sir, that. you won't stop barking, sir. <laughs> um, I would love to see Derek Mason do that because that last interview he did where he was like, "Go anchor down, <laughs> woo," or whatever it was. Anyway, so that I, I want to steal one from our buddy Chris Doring. Chris Doring brought this up, and I thought it was so good. And he said Georgia should go as Tucker Carlson. Because there's oh, not a more wow. conservative, he said. Like I think specifically the offense, there's not a more conservative. That was so spot on. <laughs> that was so good. Um, let's see. I, so Kirby, I like him as the as Larry Culpepper. Kirby Culpepper. They Rest have the same haircut. Peace. Rest in peace. What? Yeah, they stopped those commercials. Oh my god, they Connor. The that's I thought he we died. We knew this. I thought he died. You said well, Larry Culpepper is essentially dead because he's no longer on television. He had a massive stroke of good fortune, and he is no longer with us. Diabetes <laughs> from too much Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's the best. Yeah. So those are some good. Send us send us in yours with the best coaches, players, whatever um, that you think should be somebody for Halloween. There were some good ones last year, man. We, I mean, we, we did this for SDS last year. We were giving away some like stickers and stuff because people really, you know, maybe that's what we should give away at Halloween. Stickers. Can you imagine the line we'd have out the house? These people so are a podcast group, man. Y'all love it. Um, Just giving away stickers in Texas, Pete. There was, yeah, there was one guy. He, he sent us on a video. I can't remember his name, but he he did an, this impression. He was like, we just got to keep chopping wood, man. We just got to keep chopping wood. It was it was so spot on. So make sure you send us your one Halloween costumes as long as they're appropriate. 
Uh, I don't need to see any men named Gary dressed up as a nurse. I just don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. So there you go. Let's do fourth and wrong. Yeah, let's do fourth and wrong. Okay, each and every week, you guys send us your best non-football questions or advice that you want answered. I need to give a shout-out, as always, to our little group. I don't want to say little because it sounds... Oh, it's massive. It's over 2,000 people. Oh, well, it's actually more than that, Connor. It's over 2,500 people. I know. I said more than 2,000 people. I know. I was, and I was piggybacking off what you said. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so I meant what I was going to say at the end was our little group of our moderators that we have. I love you guys. You guys are killing it. It's Joe Morrison, Bobby Burgens. Uh, Bobby Burgens, congrats. Had a big, big business week this week at his job. So I want to give a shout out to those guys, Jenny Bolden um, and Jay Woody. You guys kill it every single week. So thank you for that. And everyone else in the group, you guys are killing it as well. We haven't even had anything offensive thrown in there in a minute. Love it. And keep that up. I keep, love keep that, that guys. Home. We don't yeah, need keep that. that. That's exactly right. But cannot say thank you enough. I, I put this in the group last week um, or a couple of days ago that like we, we are the original goal was to have over 2,500 people. We thought that would be like the end goal. Like might take a while to build up. We've already reached that. and We're not even in November yet. So that's just oh. I, that speaks to you guys being awesome. So thank you so much. So anyway, that's where we get the fourth and wrong questions. Let's get into this week's uh, four pack of questions and advice you guys want answered. First and foremost, this is what I kind of put in from a lot of people, so we just I didn't put a specific name to it, but what is your favorite and least favorite Halloween candy? Number one for me, yeah, I'm a little bit basic. I love my Reese's. I love my Reese's. You yeah. can't go wrong with it. It's the number one trading piece when it comes to Halloween candy. Nice way I, I'll that. do two for one deals to acquire one Reese's. I don't care. What are you it's giving away though? It. What I, I got to play to the buyer. It depends. If they're a big Skittles fan, I do want to throw in some Skittles. Yeah. I like Skittles too, but you know, it's, it's a Reese's. I mean, come on, it's chocolate, yeah. it's peanut butter. What more do you want? I throw in a Kit Kat, something like that. You want a straight up regular Hershey's? I can go that way too. There are very few things. I'm not doing a one for one. Probably Snickers for Reese's. Probably Maybe Snickers is pretty get? close. Uh, see, I, I'm I'm spot on with you here. I like Reese's. Like earlier, I said Reese's, well, Reese's, Reese's. Same thing. What was the word you said earlier? Librarian? I'm good here. Reese's. Russes. Anyway, love me a good candy Russes. Um, no, so, you know what's weird too? And I made this comment after Easter. I was like, all right, but can, like for real, maybe the Reese's advertising can back off a little bit? No. They just, I mean, I don't know what kind of advertising money they got, but they got some money. They they haven't stopped since Easter. So, um, quick question. What's better, the cup or the egg? Oh, I love the egg. Yeah. I love the egg. When it's available, you go for the egg. If you're a yep. peanut butter fan, that's that's money in the bank. The, the cup is still really solid, but I always feel like I want more. Yeah, that's why the egg is better. It's a good point. It's more bang for your buck. Um, I'm with you on that. Reese's is number one. I, I tell you what's a very underrated. I'll go underrated overrated here with you because Smarties is the worst. Oh, yeah. Where do no. you even get, get a Smarties? I don't know. Um, I, your grandma's living room? I, I, I mean, like... Like there, there's got to be some store that that people who are going to die soon go into, and they're like, oh, "What is that? Is that a little? Is that a watermelon shaped like a strawberry wrapped in some kind of trash?" Like you know, you know those I'm talking about, little red strawberry things with like the sure. worst. Ugh, ugh. That and Smarties are the two worst. Those are terrible. I don't want hard candy on Halloween either. No, don't give me no. that. Unless I'm throwing I like it Jolly at Ranchers, but don't give me that. Yeah, don't Jolly Rancher in someone's window that you don't like. Let it break. I mean, that's fine. That's um, pretty mean. I never did that. I never did that. Uh, anyway, so I would say like underrated, hundred grand. 
100 grand to get candy. What, take overrated? Five. Underrated. Very underrated. Oh, take five. Too. Keith Bar, not bad either. But listen, uh, uh, overrated. The plain M&M packs. I'll agree to disagree on that. They're too small to get anything good out of them. You they eat like the whole thing at once. Exactly. That's what I like doing. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, that's fine. Um, all right, let's see here. Number two, most questionable or weirdest Halloween costume you've ever seen from Jamie Spence. Everything from college is a little bit of a haze yeah, nice. when it comes to party situations, stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure I remember somebody dressing up as OJ. As OJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's bad. They had a mask, so it wasn't technically, you know, blackface or something like that. Oh, but, yeah. So bad. it wasn't as problematic. But yeah. I... Probably not dressing as OJ for Halloween. I <laughs> they dressed as USC OJ, which I don't know if that's better or worse because you're essentially saying, yeah, nothing else happened. I have a we bit love the athlete that I'm not going to say. I'm just not. It's not appropriate <laughs> for this, so we're going to we're going to end it at that. Um, I think I remember one time I got really drunk and like I was like 26 is after college, and it was like the worst worst Halloween ever because I got in like a fight with my then girlfriend, and I I remember like we were going to a party and I didn't have anything so i like went to kroger and got a bag of lemons and tied it to like my belt loop and and then like wrote life on like a plain white shirt it was like i'm life handing you lemons and it's the single-handedly worst out like costume i've ever had you're awful, awful. That's and one terrible. year i went for i went as ronald reagan and i was like 11 and that was just dumb no one got it did you have some sort of mask no yes i did <laughs> Yes, okay. I did. Because <laughs> I did the I did George Bush several times because I had the mask. Yeah. Once you have the mask, you're in. Which and if George you go Bush? To different Why did you places, several times as George Bush? Um, because I had the mask. I wanted to get good value out of the mask. I got it when I was in fifth grade. I got it when I was in fifth grade, and I was the school president yeah. back then. I said I got to dress oh, up sense. as the president. So I just kind of kept it for a long time, and I didn't have any sort of political beliefs when I wore the mask yeah. or anything like that. I just liked the mask, and it was an easy costume because you wear a suit. You put <laughs> on the mask, you wear a suit, you're good. Yeah. I didn't have like I just remember we didn't have a lot of money to buy uh, costumes, so my mom would always make up the costumes. She was pretty good at it, but like. The Ronald Reagan one, I was like, all right, well, I have a school uniform sweater. I guess I can just be Ronald Reagan because he's old. That was there it. There you go. You know it was a good one? I'll say we, I went as Three Musketeers. This one kind of sucked, too, now that I think about it. Maybe Halloween sucks. Uh, I went as Three Musketeers, <laughs> and my mom is so smart. So she gave me, like, it was like right when that movie came out, like 93. So I was like D'Artagnan or something like that. So she, or maybe poor this, I don't know. But she she took a the bottom of a cork, right, like from like a wine bottle, and then burnt it, like with like, with a fire flame and then drew on a mustache onto my, my uh, above my lip and then gave me one of her blouses, I guess, to wear as like a button down to like this big baggy shirt. But then the other kids that were supposed to do it with me didn't do it. So I was just there by myself. You were like, just a musketeer? I was just a musketeer. Oh, you can't do that. No, you that can't pretty, do pretty that. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do the group and or couples costumes, you have to be a hundred percent on board. You have to get visual confirmation before yeah. you put yourself out there like that. Well, Otherwise, this was 1994, so that wasn't gonna happen. Oh, I just trusted man. my friends. <laughs> they were not my friends. Yeah. All right. Third question, because now I hate Halloween. Uh, best thing to do in public to not be super awkward when feeling anxious. Example: pretending to text. That's from Will Keither. Keithler. Taking a phone call is always good. Simple, people aren't going to judge you. They're not going to bother you as well. That's a key thing if you feel awkward in that moment. Or if you need to, now this is 
this you know it kind of depends on the situation if you're in a restaurant you got if you got food and water sitting right in front of you you can't yeah. really do this but if you take a moment and say i need to go get a drink of water real quick easy nobody's going to make any sort of judgments about you you don't have to pretend what? like you're going to the bathroom or something just say you're going to get a drink of water you feel awkward Where in a situation you want to get out of if you're just in a regular situation you're maybe you, it could be at a at a work function at you know some sort of you know, you're you're at bowling or something like that. Yeah. Like I am every Thursday night. Sick brag. You just need to go get a drink of water. You just clear <laughs> your head, clear your head a little bit. Always saves you. You can also say beer, um, but yeah, not the, everywhere has beer. That's true. The drink of water can get be weird. So here's what I do, guys. What you want to do is if you're feeling uncomfortable, and maybe it's someone, it's like an ex or somebody else, or somebody that you are uncomfortable around. You want to control the situation, so you want to talk as much as possible. You want to be overbearing what you say. Cut them off. Cut them off short. Assume that you know what they're going to say, and also throw in as many side hugs as possible, even if they don't want one. I award you no points. Yeah. And I got <laughs> that's a joke. Your soul. No, so what I do is this. If, if I see someone that I don't want to see, I go the other way immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And But like, if I see someone I don't want to see, and then I end up seeing them, Almost every single time, I will say, "Oh my God, I saw I, I I saw you earlier. I was waving, and you didn't see me. I did the awkward like like wave, and then like like pretend to be like brush my hair because then it's like, oh, they they were trying to be nice, and it's usually pretty funny. So people like will laugh at it. That's my go to every time. But what I've started doing is is keeping headphones in mm. with in my phone, and then if I walk because I walk everywhere, I just like I mean because I we work from home, and like, there's especially even where we live now, there's like everything's in walking distance. So I'll keep my headphones in and they're not AirPods. They're like poor people headphones, I guess, that have like a, a gasp. They have a cord attached to them into Same. the phone. And that way people like, because it, it's better than AirPods because people can see, oh, that poor person that can't afford AirPods, he's obviously talking to someone on the phone or listening to Avril Lavigne on Spotify. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely the latter. Always the latter. Always the latter, yeah. Uh, last but not least, this is a two-part question. I'll let you go first. Chris Marley, if you could open up for any comedian, who would you pick? Connor O'Gara, if you could interview anybody, who would you pick? My answer's pretty easy. It's MJ just because not only it was that my childhood growing up, Michael fan Jackson? of Chicago Bulls. No, why do, why, whenever I say MJ, you assume it's Michael Jackson. It's always Michael Jordan. It's always Michael Jordan. Okay. Just because that was my childhood, that's the reason that I'm currently into into sports is because yeah. of the Chicago Bulls growing up. I would love to get MJ just because of the exclusivity of it. The interesting thing about that question and my answer to that question mm-hmm. is my mom has asked Michael Jordan a question before in a public situation in which she was, it was some sort of like, like audience interaction type thing, like audience Q and a that was on yeah. television. My mom showed me the tape years ago and my mom asked MJ, how do you eat your Wheaties? He said he's, he puts bananas in them, of course, because right. that's what champions do. Always. So my mom has asked MJ a question, but I have not. So check one off for, for, for mom. Um, oh, this is so tough. So for me, opening up for somebody, like Tom Segura is a favorite of mine because he's just so dark and twisted and, and hilarious. I love Tom Segura. Um... I'm going to say, like, Seinfeld would be awesome because there's nobody that I've ever seen do stand-up better than Jerry Seinfeld. He's just, it's not just like, oh, he's the funniest. No, it's like every single word and placement matters, and he's he's incredible at what he does. Uh, Patton Oswalt would be fun because he's so smart. I'm My answer is, she's deceased. 
and I saw her the year she passed away. Joan Rivers. Ooh. Which I know sounds weird. Joan Rivers is one of the funniest people I have ever seen in my entire life. She was 81 years old. I went and saw her in Atlanta with my buddy Bill. And I was like, this seems kind of weird. Like, I mean, this is, it's a, it's like a, a very heavy, it was like, just being honest, it was a lot of like women and like in a gay crowd. And it was awesome. She was hilarious. And she was ruthless. She was ruthless to everyone, to every, like she made fun of everything, everyone. It was, it was one of the, the best crowds and best comedy sets I've ever seen. It was great. It was great. I definitely didn't know Joan Rivers was dead. Yeah. She died shortly after my set because I killed it. That was bad. That one, I didn't like that. Way didn't too like soon. that. Way <laughs> too soon. Let's Jeez. go to five-star reviews. We've yeah, got go five of them to get to. This first Ooh. one is long from GatorBob73. Connor should get some skin in the game. It's a great podcast that covers the SEC as a whole, but it's – oh, and does so well. My bad. Uh, it's great to hear different perspectives on the action as someone dedicated to my team, but not necessarily the Arkansas of the world. It's awesome to get an interest, an entertaining update on the happenings of the conference. I might actually um, now know who a player is on Vandy or Arkansas if I'm catching the end of a noon kickoff or when my team plays off. As a Gator fan, I think it's great to hear my team talked in a context talked about in a context that's generally unbiased. As Chris knows, the Gator fan base found on Twitter is prone to take offense when you say anything but they're the <laughs> class of the conference. At times, this is justifiable towards the turtleneck-wearing former ESPN employees who now spew their dribble some internet network that no one can actually remember because he sucked his QB as a QB. Um, that's shots fired Dan Canal. I haven't personally taken offense by anything said on the pod, but I'm pretty sure that's because I clear, clearly remember the Zook, Muschamp, and Baby Shark eras as much as I remember the Spurrier and Tebow eras. We all know Chris is a Bama fan, but that's not to mean he's a Bama homer. He's capable of being critical and even called Clemson called Clemson winning the natty last year. With this in mind, and to help prevent the internet from attacking him too much, I'd like to point out that Connor has no skin in the game except journalistic integrity. Instead of chastising Chris for being super wrong on his UF takes this year, I'd I'd instead (laughs) like to extend an offer for Connor to become part of Gator Nation. Think about it. Connor lives in Orlando, Gainesville's theme park park laden man cave, so he's not too far away. He's already shown how impressed he is with the Gators and with Gator fans calling the Swamp the loudest venue he's been to and the Tom Petty fourth quarter tribute to be the go-to video on his phone that gives him chills. If Connor decides to continue living in the Sunshine State and ends up having children with college aspirations, sick brag to me if I do that one day, he would undoubtedly prefer they attend a top 10 public university over the likes of schools who boast the largest student body, aka have low standards Good and Lord, national Gator championships. Bob. UCF, a private university in a city built on limestone and the drug trade likely to get swallowed by the sea during one of the school's nicknames, Miami, (laughs) or the backup school of everyone else in the state, FSU. I call upon all of Gator Nation to recruit Connor into accepting what he already knows in his heart he is. He can maintain journalistic integrity while still pulling for the orange and blue. Tweet him, sound off on the podcast Facebook group, or use a carrier pigeon for an old school feel, but be kind and let him see the side that makes us great and why blue chip players come to Gainesville. So, good lord, that was Gator long. Bob, that, that was, was long, Gator Bob. That I'll was long. It was couple. good. That was great. Um, real quick, we need to do something in the offseason. We need to give me a group of five team. 
We need to give me a group of five team that Wouldn't I will support that? endlessly. Maybe we could workshop that in the Facebook group. Yeah. I can't just all of a sudden become a Gator fan. Wouldn't work like that. But yeah, I really God do appreciate you it. for someone in the SEC, Connor. Um, hop on any bandwagons? That's fair. Okay. This is from Half a Log. Our season can't be left in Mac Jones' hands. Hey, guys. Huge all caps fan of the pod, but I need this podcast for work tomorrow. Yes. Sorry, we're late on that. October 20th. Um, help your boy out. Y'all got to talk about Tua and how CBS said he may be out for the LSU game. He's a game time decision, just to let you know, because our season can't be left in Mac Jones' hands. Who? Mac Jones. Overall, I thoroughly enjoy the pod and love the work you guys have been doing. We appreciate that. I'm going to read this one because I feel like I need to, not you. Um, <laughs> this is from DHAM2001. Go Cox. Great podcast outside of the horrific Coach O impersonations. So glad to have the fast-forward options. Yeah, that's fair. I got a lengthy email from someone the other day upset that I didn't put enough effort into the Coach O impressions. So you guys, you know what? Just do the thing from Gladiator. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't care anymore. Whatever you guys just want to do. I appreciate you listening to the actual good content because that impression is bad. It is bad, admittedly. It's but we can move on to Matt Luke. That's one is from the G. So Pretty it's good. like from the G. Um, subject, thank y'all. Thank y'all and go dogs. This podcast is by far the biggest thing since sliced bread. I am a pest control technician in middle Georgia, so I do a lot of driving every day. And this podcast is all I listen to in between stops. I started listening during this past offseason when the offseason blues kicked in. And boy, am I ever glad I did. Y'all are the best. And I love how you can talk about every team with non-bias and y'all have helped make me some extra money this season with some Ooh, of y'all's picks. The Coach O impression gets me every time, and I just appreciate the hard work and keep it up. I would love to go to a Georgia game with you guys one day. Go Docs. They had the and all That's caps awesome. because of the Ohio State. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's really good. Yeah, and also, thank you. Um, you know what? Like, Listen, you don't have to only listen to us in between stops. If you are spraying for bugs, and I get a... On one of my soapbox rants, just spray a little harder, bro. I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> last one. There's, I mean, I'm going to say it, even though I know you don't want me to, but there's a one-star review from, I'm assuming, my ex-girlfriend or somebody that's an Auburn fan that says Mahler thinks he's funny. He is not. I mean, I, I'm hilarious. I don't even know why you bring that up. But anyway, Jay the Legend Woody says, Connor is the best and Chris is okay, too. Love Seriously, it. the best SEC podcast on the market. I'd pay for the content. It's mostly Connor, clearly. His well-thought-out... <laughs> oh, damn it. God, I forgot about this one. Jay told me he was going to throw this out here and use a bunch of big words that I couldn't pronounce, so here we go. Strap in. His well-thought-out erudite conversations and his golden-throated dulcet tones... He could make even an Arkansas game breakdown worth listening to. And then you have his screaming banshee of a partner, Chris, I think. They go together like Texas Pete and their favorite drink, a Bloody Mary. In all oh. seriousness, I started listening a few years ago pre-Chris. And next to Lane Kiffin's addition to my beloved Crimson Tide's offense, Chris's addition to this podcast is probably the second most important addition in perhaps the history of mankind. They play off each other perfectly. They're both extremely knowledgeable, and they throw out take after take and then are man enough to stand up and face Florida Twitter when they are wrong. This is true. If you get your SEC news source news from one source, well, it should be the podcast Facebook page, honestly. The mods there are just awesome. But second, yep. well, I guess it should be the SES main webpage. But by God, third, 
it should be this podcast. Drop whatever the freak you are doing right now and subscribe, or I swear to God, I will end you and crush all that you hold dear. I'm sorry. I get revved up and a little aggressive there. Seriously, though, go subscribe. You can thank me later from Jay. Er- erudite. Thank you, Jay. Jay Woody's the man. Yeah, we love man. Jay Woody. Doing a great job with the Facebook page and the moderation and all that stuff. Thank you to everybody who has sent us a five-star review. If you have not yet, make sure that you do so. Tell your friends to do yeah. so. Tell random people on the street to do so. Love those five-star reviews. Glad we were able to get to those today. Marler, week 10 is here. I'm stunned that we're already in a double-digit week. I don't even want to Sucks. think about that. I'm just glad it's a long. We, we have a longer season than normal. That's good. Let me use some we good can, news. Give me some good news. All right. This Thursday, so the day this podcast comes out, this is really good news, okay? The day this podcast comes out starts the college ball weekend for week 10, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there are games. Sunday, Monday, there are NFL games. If you include NFL games, starting next week, they start playing Tuesday night action. So which means... Tuesday night playoff poll as well. Yes, so, which means, yeah, it's also a very good point. Starting Thursday, October 31st, there is football on every single day until the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You are welcome. That's, that's the good news, even though we're on week 10. God bless America. Yeah, for real. What a beautiful place this is. I get teary-eyed just thinking about it. Go to our Facebook group. Make sure that you sign up. Definitely want to join that. Get us to 3,000. We're, we're, we're going to get there. I know yeah. we're going to get there. Yeah, you know, if there's 2,500 people in that group, maybe 1,800 of you could leave an official five-star review. That'd be also yeah, great. Definitely do that. Um, make sure that you watch Facebook Live. As long as Marler is doing those, we're not trying to get out of Baton Rouge and I need directions. Oh. Definitely great content. I have deleted do- that one. <laughs> watch Facebook Live with Marler. Saturday morning is the plan for this At week? 10 and Mondays at 8.30. The Monday ones, awesome. you're getting like 10,000 people per, per show, so that's fun. Nice. Very, very nice. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at the SDS Pod at Vern Funquist at CJ O'Gara. We don't have Coach O today. Coach O is out. He's enjoying the bye week. Yeah. He's doing prep work for Bama. And do we have Matt Luke? I would tell you what, Connor. I wish you just let me do it on my own because I was going to do it as a surprise anyway. But I mean, you know, we talk about a lot of things in this podcast, but more than anything, you know, it might be too much. Talk to you this weekend. Enjoy week ten.